Wake up, wake up, wake up. The Real Coach JB here, man. Rise and shine. But me and my boy Matt McChesney every morning, 6 a.m. on the West Coast. Today we have a loaded, action-packed show, man. We got the great Michael Lombardi, former NFL executive, host of the Daily Coach Pod. He'll be joining us in the second hour. Live Moods, if you don't know who she was, with Colin Cowherd, FanDuel, betting sports uh, extraordinaire, Live Moods, uh, social media personality. She'll be joining us in the second hour as well. Later on in the afternoon, we got Rich Orberger, former NFL O-lineman, who'll be joining us in the afternoon show. It is a loaded show, a lot to discuss. Me and Matt's going to start the show off as he's driving to the University of Colorado to shadow their staff. And we're going to get after all things Derek Carr, Patrick Mahomes, NFL rules, late hits, or are they, et cetera, et cetera. We'll be breaking all that down here, right here on the Wake Up Show. Hit the like button, subscribe, become a member. And don't forget to go to CoachJBStore.com, get you all the merch, all the information you need is right there every single day. Um, And understand, this show is brought to you by Fight Camp and... Roman, make sure you understand, Roman is the key, and check it out, ro.co slash coachjb, and Fight Camp, make sure you head out, check it out, new sponsor, join it, Mike Tyson, Floyd Mayweather, backed Fight Camp, check it out, and we'll get to the show. What up, what up, what up, man, the real Coach JB here on the Coach JB Show. Both the Wake Up Morning Show and the Daily Show. The Coach JB Show has it all, short, fat, skinny, and tall. And I want to address everybody out there who wants to get back to skinny and tall. The Coach JB Show has a new proud sponsor, Fight Camp. Make sure you check it out. As the new year approaches, we're all thinking about our health and fitness routines. Are you looking for one of the most exhilarating and effective forms of home fitness? Look no further. Did you know that at-home boxing is one of the safest and most effective forms of exercise? Bet you didn't. Allow me to introduce you to Fight Camp. Interactive at-home boxing, Fight Camp brings the best workouts in the world into your home and makes it fun. Boxing is a real great workout. In fact, a lot of football players, including myself, use it to supplement their training. It keeps the mind sharp, the body strong, the workouts are quick and efficient. You can work it out at halftime or even before the game or after. What makes it different from traditional boxing workouts is that it has live punch counting stats that motivates you even, even harder. So without further ado, join the biggest boxing community in the world without leaving your home. Fight Camp packages start at just $99 and they even offer some great financing options. So you can get started at the low, low, low of $9 a month. To get everything you need, go to fightcamp.com slash Coach JB to learn more. That's fightcamp.com forward slash Coach JB. I appreciate you. Peace. All right, all right, man. I appreciate you. With no further ado, uh, we'll get to the Roman ad in a minute. Uh, Let's get to the show started.
we're at, we're on, we're on, we're on. Wake up, wake up, wake up. If you ain't up and motivated on your own, then you ain't shit. You better figure it out. Self-motivation's a mother. Let me give you the quote of the day before I bring my main man in. Um, after all these stuff we got to do, pay the bills around here. So we're just uh, getting that out there. Quote of the day before we get into it, uh, right on the ticker. The universe is not short on wake-up calls. We're just quick to hit the snooze button. That's the problem. Hey, you're waking up with us right now every morning, 6 o'clock a.m. Don't hit the damn snooze button. Go back to bed. Stay up because we got an action-packed show, and uh, you ain't going to want to miss it, man. So make sure you follow Matt on all social media platforms. And uh, as you saw, I appreciate all the feedback we got. I know you guys love Matt and uh, what we got going every morning. Make sure you join us, 6 a.m. Hit that like button, subscribe, become a member. Everybody on TikTok, come on over to YouTube live. Got a chance to win free merch, vodka, whiskey, you name it. We'll do it. Plus my book and posters out there. Plus Matt has a bunch of merch, 6-7 Academy. I mean, 6-0 Academy. He has his own academy out in Denver. He trains. Um, plus he has his own merch. So go check it out. Six-year vet, Matt McChesney, uh, every day on the show. So without that further ado, we're going to get into this show. Uh, mind you, Matt's on the way to Colorado. Like I said, he's going to basically shadow the University of Colorado's coaching staff. And maybe he'll, he'll get me hired on the spot as the new head coach while he's there. And uh, we'll get to that. So without further ado, my main man, Matt McChesney, joins the show. What up, what up, what up? Good morning, Rowan, baby. What's happening? Hey, dog. I'm gonna be honest. You look like uh, you look like uh, like one of those like dog the bounty hunter motherfuckers on a mission right now to go grab somebody up. You're damn right. I'm on a. I'm going up to Boulder to shadow Coach Sanford and consult and do a bunch of recruiting meetings and uh, talk to the team and, and get them going. And you know they're all in five and they need a spark. And I'm the juice man, bro. So. They're bringing me in like a fucking superhero. I'm driving up to Boulder this morning in the Batmobile, fucking ready to roll, dog, and get these Buffaloes right. So, you know, it's an honor to be able to go up and, and meet with the staff and uh, to have them, you know, hold 6-0 on what we do in such high regard. Uh, it, it's it's cool to help the, you know, the local universities, especially being an alum. So it, 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 the day's starting off pretty fucking awesome, man. Let's rock. No doubt. Let's get after it. Uh, make sure you tell Darian Hagen he is in t indeed a slap dick. Uh, I'm sure you'll have conversations for me. Uh, I might just call him right over there and just call him a big old bitch right in your face. Um, no problem. That's what he he'll, he'll 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 call back and say you uh, he'll say he'll say you shut the fuck up, bitch. That's what he'll say to me. And uh, by the way, that's a lore in Colorado, legendary uh, Darian Hagen uh, that we're talking about. So. Make sure you check it out, 60academy.com. It's right there in the link as well. Go follow that. Matt does a great job. So a lot to discuss. Me and Matt are here for an hour and a half or an hour before Matt, Michael Lombardi, former NFL executive, GM with the Browns, uh, Patriots. A lot, a lot of good people. He's on Pat McAfee show every week. We're going to break down some quarterback play. Uh, we'll have him for a few minutes on. Um, and then we'll have Liv Moods on right after that. If you don't know who that is, Olivia Moody, she was with the Cowherd. She was with Colin Cowherd, betting. She's now with FanDuel. Um, she'll be joining us as well, talk about all things. Uh, plus, she's a media personality. So let's get in this play. Travis Kelsey, man, four touchdown night. He, he, he absolutely got me. He got me paid last night. Um, he didn't get me paid. Let me retract. 
He had he was my captain, and I still got beat the shit out of. And I was just a bad pick. I picked him at captain. That's the only thing I got right. Well, hey, the, dog. Game was, the game was dope, but it, it kind of capped off. Uh, I'm glad the Monday night game was as good as it was because the weekend sucked, man. The weekend was really shitty when it comes to overall football play and points scored and things of that nature. Some good defense, but some really bad offense. Uh, but but last night was last night was pretty fun to watch. The greatness of Mahomes, a 17 point comeback. You know the Raiders get up early, and then <laughs> your boy, your boy Carr, you know, kind of shits the bed, and and Mahomes just takes over with his boy Travis Kelsey. So <laughs> hey, so look, Derek Carr. I get a lot of heat. I, I take I take Derek Carr is is bad. I I I think he's at worst. I think he's in the lowest top, uh, lowest five in the NFL. Here's my thing on him. He throws one good ball, stepping up in the pocket, kind of on the run. He throws a great deep ball to Devontae Adams to take the lead in the game. That was his best ball I've probably ever seen him throw in his life. And he makes that throw. And then really that's the only throw that you say, okay, this guy is legit. But you don't see that on a consistent basis. That's what Aaron Rodgers does all the time. That is what Mahomes does when he's throwing that climb the pocket deep ball all the time. And he did it last um, night for damn sure. So yeah, I want to see that? That, that. That's what. That's why he lacks, in my opinion. And I, I got to get to the last play before we even break this whole thing down. Fourth and one, and Josh Jacobs is probably having his NFL career day. The best game he's played, and we throw a switch route combo, and they hit each other, and the game is over. How about you give the guy that just had a fucking a highlight game the ball, and let's let's get the first down. What's with this new phenomenon, too, Coach? What what in the hell has happened to coaches' brains? Do they just have they it's just been you gone through the metal detector too many times at the fucking airport or something and you're just fried up there, fried eggs? Like, it's a fucking yard. It started with Pete Carroll at Beast Mode in the Super Bowl. And it's kind of like turned into this we need to throw the ball with a yard to go phenomenon. Bro, I'm, a, I'm old school, man. And if you can't get a fucking yard, you don't deserve to win. If you can't line up. And especially last night, I posted a video last night on all the different platforms. I tagged you in it. The 21 I King heavy personnel with an extra yeah. offensive lineman as a tight end. You're a 21 offensive tackle heavy, you know, I King, and you're fucking running just heavy, heavy tray, heavy ace, just double teaming the fucking shit out of people at the point of attack. And you come out on fourth down, and that's the offensive personnel grouping and the play that you run. I played for Josh McDaniels. I would look, man. I think at the end of this year, the Raiders are going to have to look at themselves in the mirror and go, "Are we going to ride with Josh McDaniels or are we going to go with Carr?" Because I don't think it'll be one of the. Well, I don't think they'll both come back. One of them's going to get scapegoated, and I, I would guess it's McDaniels is going to come back, and they'll figure out a way to trade Carr, you know, and draft a quarterback in the first round and get a veteran to come in and kind of hold the place down for a year while they develop because the, McDaniels has a huge ego problem. And he's, I don't think that he's going to be able to work with him to improve the situation. So uh, we talked about Lamar Jackson yesterday at length, right? You talked about him all day yesterday. 
Lamar to Las Vegas. How does that look and feel in your head? I don't know. I I, I just think you're in the same. You, we're, we're we keep we keep uh you know robbing Peter to pay Paul in my opinion. Like where where can he get the ball to Devontae Adams on a regular basis? Hell no. And is Devontae yeah. Adams going to be disgruntled? Hell yeah. yeah. We already yeah. see him doing it. And you know wideouts are the most biggest prima donna position there is. So you're going to have him and Renfro and, and, and like I said before the year, man, Waller is not available enough for me. I understand he's good, and I get it. In the last few years, he's been good. And in the last couple years, last year and this year, he's hurt. And he doesn't play last night. He only played six snaps. He played six snaps last night. He He's not available. And I'm just saying, man, we got all these – we hype and anoint all these guys. And I'm like, let's pump our brakes anointing everybody. We talked about this yesterday because these dudes aren't available tomorrow after you anoint them today. And especially after you pay them the money, and it's like, come on, man. So I got, I got to, I got to get to this last play, uh, this whole, this whole thing. First of all, Devontae Adams. We're gonna ask Michael Lombardi later. He he pushes this camera guy who I call paparazzi. I, like if you're paparazzi and in my face, I'm pushing you down too. I have no ill will. Like get the fuck out of my way. Like why are you impeding me? Yeah, I have no problem with what Devontae Adams did whatsoever. I mean, he shouldn't put his hands on dude, but don't walk up. And Devontae's head's down. He's walking off the field. He's pissed off. They lost by a point, arguably because of coaching decisions. Um, you know, he's disgruntled, like you said. Homeboy runs up, sticks the fucking camera in his face. And Devontae reacted and pushed him, and he was wrong to touch the man. But the other dude, like, give him a little bit of fucking space. This isn't a, a movie star on the street. This is a highly emotional alpha athlete after a tough loss on national TV where he only got the ball three times. And true, he went off and had two touchdowns, but he only had three catches. And you know that he wants ten catches and two touchdowns. So that's kind of the point. You give this man the ball and he produces. So I, I uh, he'll probably be fined. I hope he's not suspended. The Raiders have a bye week. So find him, just slap him on the wrist, and move on. And use it as an opportunity to teach the media – how to give these guys a little bit of fucking space. Just back up a little bit, dog. Like, if the game just ended. Give them 15 minutes to cool off. That's why there's the 15, 20-minute cool-off period before they let the media in. If they let the media in immediately after the game, they would see psychopathic shit. Guys fist-fighting and crying and fucking yelling at each other and shit. You can't let motherfucking media in right after the game. It'll be, oh, my God, the internet will explode. Let me ask you this, man. Uh, we just talked about this. That you just brought up Josh McDaniels versus Derek Carr. Who goes first, etc. Now, here's my thing. Derek Carr has a press conference after the game in a tight black T-shirt, and he's sitting there talking about uh, we. It, it takes time, Matt. It takes time. We got a new regime, and I've been through these new regimes, and it takes time. Dog, you've been there nine years, homie. You have never done anything. What do you mean? How much time does it take? Let me ask you this, Matt. So we're going to give McDaniels time. Hey, dog. Brian Dable's 4-1. and one. Why ain't he got no time? He's year one. How about, how, about, how about Sirianni? He didn't need a lot of fucking time. How about, how about these guys that we want to keep making excuses for because we're so excuse-made driven cats that we want to enable 
every soft possible motherfucker out there, man. We got to have an excuse why he didn't do it. Why Lamar Jackson missed two fade balls. Coach, if you play long enough, you're going to miss a fade ball. When is he going to hit it, though? Like, come on, dog. I'm tired of the same old story, man. Derek Carr has been there nine years, and you have lost all nine years. Like, let's break it down. Let's be serious. And Josh McDaniels basically set Denver back as a terrible organization, and now he's doing it with the Raiders. Like, Belichick assistants don't do well, period. So when are we going to understand that and stop hiring them? That's what we're going to ask Michael Lombardi in the second hour. But what is your take, Matt? I, I'm tired of hearing these excuses with, 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 especially Derek Carr comes to the podium and he wants to talk about Jesus and he wants to talk about faith and then he wants to talk, and then I want to talk about why your ass is spinning around throwing the ball overhand, motherfucker, if you're so faith driven. <laughs> and look, I, I agree with you 100 percent on this. Uh, he's He's a walking cliche and just tries to set his own narrative. And he plays the media like a fiddle, and they take it hook, line, and sinker. Um, but you're right, man. He's been there for nine years. Uh, his best team, arguably, unfortunately, he broke his leg at the end of the season and didn't get to see them through the playoffs uh, when they were 14-2 and two back in the day in Oakland. You know, he's in a situation now with a coach that will – literally burn it to the ground just to prove that he's right. McDaniels, I played for Josh McDaniels. He is a, you want to talk about an asshole, bro. He is a super, he's a super prick. Like, he's not a coach that just is on your ass and, like, you respect him because he's hardcore and he's a little edgy. He's just a fucking bad dude. So, I'm I'm surprised that, that uh, Mr. Davis would, fucking make a move like this. This is a move that his dad would make when he was old and senile. Um, this, I didn't think it was an educated hire when he made the hire. Uh, but look, both guys saying that it takes time. This is McDaniel's second trip around the fucking sun here. He's already been a head coach once. He should be learning from his experience, not repeating the fucking same mistakes. And Carr has been there forever. He's been there for fucking ever. And I don't, I don't think he's ever won a playoff game. So He's, uh, I, I, look, I like Carr. I guess he's serviceable. Uh, but he's, at this point, I don't think that the Raiders are going to be able to go where they want to go with him as the starter. So they're going to have to make some decisions on how they get a top-level guy in there to feed elite skill players. Because, look, Waller, is, when he's healthy, he's a good fucking player. He's a matchup problem. He's not elite by any means, but he's a big wide receiver that plays tight end. Josh Jacobs is a fucking tank. That that kid plays his balls off. The offensive line seems to be improving. They played well last night, although they have some times where they're really shitty. Uh, they've got two good defensive ends. Max Crosby's a generational talent that is just going to keep fueling that drive on defense where, you know, he wants everybody to play hard. The longer that he does it, the more he'll get guys to follow him, and that defense is improving. Uh, but, you know, when you have Devontae Adams out there and he's a, a Hall of Fame receiver and you look around the offense, the guy that's holding the offense back is, bam, Carr. So it's uh, it's hard not to sit there and, and kind of think about what they could be if that group of skill players was with Mahomes. Like, Kelsey's better than Waller. 
But Devontae Adams is head and shoulders better than anybody Kansas City has receiver-wise. And Josh Jacobs is a better back than Clyde, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire McKinnon and Isaiah Pacheco combined. So, you know, it's the more that we talk about this, the more that you're kind of changing my mind that Carr kind of is a bum. There's no doubt. Let me let me break this down as football guys. Uh, we're gonna I'm gonna ask you this. So the Raiders fall to one and four. They've lost. Uh, I think they've lost four games by a combined 14 points. The biggest loss this year was a six point loss to the Cardinals. Um, That's rough, and that was an overtime. Overtime. They blew a 17 point lead last night. Had a chance to win the game on fourth down. Devontae Adams on Vernon collide and all that shit. Right. Let me ask you this. First of all, Carr is 19 of 30 for 240 yards, all right? Not a great big-time NFL performance by any means. If you, yeah, you want to argue that big long ball to, to Devontae is, is, a, is a, a third of his yard is on one that, that one play. Josh Jacobs had a monster night, 21 for 154 and a touchdown, seven yards of carry. Seven yards of fucking carry. And we he don't have four carries. Fucking fourth down. Devontae led in receiving. He only had three catches, though, for 124 yards and two touchdowns because he got the two big balls. So, I mean, besides those two big long balls, dog, I mean, it's it's not even close. Now, we go to flip it over to Mahomes, who's 4-1. He's 29 of 43 last night for 300 yards, four touchdowns, no picks. Um, McKinnon, like you just said, Jacobs is a much better back, I agree. McKinnon had eight carries for 50 yards, and then Kelsey had seven catches, 25 yards only, but he had four touchdowns all in the red zone. Uh, let me ask you this. Kelsey to Mahomes is Gronk to Brady, and they all need that comfort blanket in the red zone. I think that the comfort zone in the uh, in the red zone is something a lot of quarterbacks don't have. Fairness, Derek Carr did not have that last night. Um, he does have Devontae Adams, which I would – I would say, fuck, I, t- give me that guy in the red zone, too. Um, but having said that, one in four, dog. Derek Carr is the problem if you lose four games by 14 points. Don't tell me about the defense being the problem. You have to muster up more points as a quarterback in the NFL who gets this big bag. He is an underachieving fuck. And he has no nuts and guts, and he can't win games down the stretch. So you could talk about this defense and all that, and the Ra- coach, the Raiders scored twenty nine in Arrowhead. Yeah, the Chargers scored forty nine in Arrowhead, motherfucker. What does that mean? Like, so what? That's what they're supposed to do. But you're supposed to score thirty one points and not twenty nine because you lost, motherfucker. So I'm just saying, you got to outscore your opponent at some point. And Derek Carr's common denominator for the Raiders has been Derek Carr not scoring enough points. So when are we going to say, dog, we got to point at the finger at the quarterback at some point. Yeah, there's, there's going to be change in Vegas unless they can turn this around, uh, which I, I don't know. It's going to be pretty fucking tough to pull out of this hole at this point. Um, you mix Carr's inability to, you know, take that next step. And, and really spread the ball around and get it to Devontae all the time, even when he is covered, kind of force it to him at a, to a point uh, just to set the tone. Like, look, I'm getting the ball to my best guy, period. I trust him more than I fear the corner, whoever they put on him. 
Um, and you mix all of that with McDaniels and his inability to manage the game correctly. The two-point conversion. Just kick the field goal. The fourth and one. Like, bro, Josh Jacobs had 28 for 154. He should have had 40 fucking carries, dog. Like, at that point, when your back is that hot, just keep turning around and handing him the fucking rock and say, keep mowing these motherfuckers down. I mean, seven yards a clip. Do you understand? As a defensive lineman, as an ex-defensive lineman, dog, when they are putting seven yards a clip on you, it makes it fucking possible to play defense. And it's like Kansas City didn't even care. They like they gave up the rushing yards like, okay, fuck it. You want to run the ball? Run the ball. It's fine. Carr can't beat us when it comes down to nut crunching time. So all this run game shit is sexy, and it's cool, and it looks good. And you can, like, guys like me are sitting there like, I fucking love this. This is Smash Mouth football. And playing for McDaniels, I know the terminologies he's using, and I know the, the scheme that he's trying to go against and how he thinks. So it's pretty cool to see that. But when it came down to it, it was, can Carr make the play? Or is Mahomes going to make the play? And everybody knows the answer to that fucking question. I mean, shit, Mahomes is making that play. Kansas City is fucking real, man. They are not fucking around. They've got some issues on defense, but they have greatness at the quarterback position. That's right, I said it. He's true greatness, one of the few in the NFL. And Kelsey is arguably a top five tight end of all time at this point. And I don't, I don't really think that that's much of a stretch, to be completely honest with you. Uh, he's in the in the conversation with the likes of Ozzie Newsome and Shannon Sharp and Tony Gonzalez, you know, fucking guys like that that are just absolute dogs and animals that were uncoverable. So, you know, it's uh, it's going to be inter- interesting to see where the AFC West goes. It, are the Chargers going to be able to stay the course and stay healthy and challenge the Chiefs? Because right now it looks like the Chiefs, the Chargers are probably the second team. And then the Raiders and the Broncos are kind of falling behind, not maximizing their talent and getting ravaged by injury. Yeah, I agree. I want to show you this tweet real quick. Um, Keenan Allen says, what the fuck are we doing when Brandon Staley on Sunday was going to go for it on fourth down and they're minus 45? Um, Brandon Staley says, regarding Keenan Allen's tweet yesterday, uh, we've had a sit-down, heart-to-heart conversation, and we will grow stronger for it. Uh, we've built a great relationship. Dog, fuck that shit. Like, I'm so it's, fucking over these fucking punk-ass Everything. Dog, I'm just, these punk-ass fucking kids, dog, I just idea. don't understand. When did it become so okay? Strong. When did it become okay, Matt? for the kid or the player to question the coach publicly. I don't give a fuck if we had something in the locker room, but stop fucking publicly putting shit out. How about you're at, why aren't you at the game on the sideline, bitch? Like, I, I'm just confused. Isn't this your, is not, is not your team? Not your team or what? Are you excluded? Are you fucking excluded? So, so look, this, this entire situation it, it happens. It's rampant, right? So players have a voice because of social media, and they can they can just pop off emotionally. And I, I'm a victim of everybody is. Everybody that has a social media account at some point in their life has emotionally popped off on social media and said some shit that they shouldn't have said. 
So the great Herm Edwards always used to say, don't hit sand. So I, I try and remember that, but sometimes I fuck it up more times than not. Um, look, Keenan Allen obviously said some shit he probably shouldn't have said on social media. At the same time, Staley is fucking crazy and goes for it on fourth down and one all the fucking time and like fourth and six and like backed up on his own 20 and shit. And he, he's the king of mismanagement when it comes to fucking up a game, but with, with the calls like that, i.e. the playoff game last year against the Raiders, which I know it was week 17, but it was a playoff game. Winner gets in, loser goes home. If they would have tied, they both get in, which was crazy. So, yeah, Keenan Allen's wrong. He shouldn't have done what he did. My thing is, like, fuck, does everything need to be, like, uh, the end of the goddamn world? So there was a disagreement, and the fucking player said some shit he shouldn't have said, and the coach the coach didn't like it, and they had to have him sit down, and now they're tighter because of it, and they're fucking brothers, and I love you, and it'll never happen again, and you're a good person, and I'm a good person, and we're good people, and that's great because everything's awesome. Like, what the fuck, man? It's a little disagreement between two professionals. Who gives a fuck? Move on. And, and you know, stay, even Staley getting all emotional about this and, like, it's a problem. It's a media-driven problem. The fucking beat writer for the Chargers is over there jerking off like, oh, my God, Keenan Allen posted something that's, that fucking says something bad about the coach. Oh, my fucking God. This is incredible. So, look. There's hey, I, I got, let me let me tell you this though. This is the problem I have with these fucks in the NFL doing it. They what, are the, the hierarchy. Players, the players the, talking the, shit. The players talking shit about yeah. coaches. This is why I hate it. That they're yeah, the, no hierarchy, the gods in the world to the babies, the youth, the high school kids. Apparently, not. I don't know if they're the college gods anymore. But these younger people look up and say. Keenan Allen can talk shit about the coach. Well, I'm talking talk shit about my coach at practice yep. today. Like, exactly. that is what we don't under-fucking-stand in society. Like, we're allowing these guys with platforms to say dumb shit, just like they do on ESPN and Fox, and, and, and then the media says something, and then you have a fucking uh, uh, avalanche of shit that falls underneath it. The same shit's going on with these NFL prima donnas, you remember years ago in Miami, Brandon Marshall dropped every ball in practice on purpose. I had dudes doing it in practice the next day in JUCO. And yeah, you know, look, I, I always love the line by Charles Barkley. Like, I'm not your kid's role model. And I, I say this to the parents of all the kids, the three kids I signed up last night for the program. I, I'm not the role model for your kid. Your father should be your role model, dog. Like, you, you shouldn't look at athletes and or rock stars and shit and be like, man, I can't wait to be the fucking next this guy or that guy. Go be your own guy. Don't follow every action you see. You know, look, we live in the United States, thank God, and there's freedom of speech here, and that gives people the right to be as dumb as fucking humanly possible and say stupid shit, uh, and, and we've got to deal with it. So, you know, it's like that Antonio Brown tweet yesterday that I posted and tagged you on, like... The whole the R word is one of those things that I, even I don't like saying. Like, and I'm a I'm a mean motherfucker. I'll say the crudest shit on earth if it'll get a reaction out of somebody and piss someone off. I want to see if I can if I can tweak you. So Antonio Brown posting what he did, like, dog, that's fucking super uncool these days. It was super uncool back in the day. That that kind of shit shouldn't be happening. But 
I mean, Trump can't have a fucking social media account, but Antonio Brown can. So, look, you can't keep stupid people from doing stupid shit. I always love the line, when you play dumb games, you win stupid prizes. And that's what this is. So, hey, uh, what did he, uh, what did he say? Uh, what did he call me to quote? Because I, I hate that I even have to say, like, hey, by the way, I can't say the word. I think the word itself is one of the greatest American words of all time. That's me personally. Well, um, yeah, look, you can, it's cool when it's just your boys hanging out and you're yes, fucking with each yes, other. And yes, it's, yes. It's, it's, you're just jiving, right? You're yes, fucking with each yes. other. You're like hanging out. But when, if he, Antonio Brown, in my opinion, was using it like it's a like it's a derogatory and shit, and that that's just not cool. That's all I'm saying. Uh, no doubt. I, you know, if there's a real issue with a kid, or I had a, I had a mental health lady on Friday. Uh, she was autistic, and if I just straight out called her that, then I'm a fucking asshole and an idiot. Oh, that, that's like, the most fucked up thing you can do. That's but what me I'm and you playing poker. And you fucking drop a fuck you 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 fucking fold with two aces like no yeah. motherfucker you're retarded right yeah that, that and that's the difference in, in yes how that's the context language, difference right? Antonio exactly. no once fucking likes and retweets because he is a bottom feeder he has nothing right now he's fucked. that guy's fucking crazy bro have you ever look ever since Montez Burfitt scalped him essentially on Sunday Night Football and ripped his face off his body and his brain started rattling around in his head afterwards. He's never been the same. It's like Vontez Burfitt lobotomized Antonio Brown. So I've never seen anybody this fucking stupid with this many instances of just doing off the wall crazy shit. And I don't know if it's like if he's on the, the line of like totally losing his fucking mind and being in a loony bin if they still have those. Or if he's like, I hate to say it, if he's suicidal and on the edge of like doing some dumb shit, I don't know if this is all cry for help. You know, like the. Let me let me let me give you a little insight. I got a source, right? I'm yeah, just, well, he's he so fucking nuts. I, yeah, I hate saying it, I have a source because I really don't, but I do. Here's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> so I've coached with his daddy. His daddy's a. Can- Coach in Kansas Juco for a long time. He's the reason Jason Pierre Paul, Levante David came out to Fort Scott with Sims. And they oh, nice. got a lot of Florida kids. His dad was a coach in Juco for a long time in Kansas. He was bringing all the Florida kids to Kansas. So I've had run-ins with them, several, several sit-downs, several talks. His son has been fucked up for a long, long time, dog. And a lot of people don't realize the the job that Mike Tomlin did is my, is possibly a top three job of all time in anything we've ever seen. And we're not giving him enough credit. Because once that motherfucker left, dog, look is what happened since he's left Tomlin. Like, that motherfucker's yes. crazy cuckoo, right? And that is what I've heard he already was. Tomlin just controlled it in a manner that was just not seen. But once social media and cell phones got too big, you saw his last days in Pittsburgh. He was videoing Tomlin. So you saw that that shit started to get out. And I'm like, dog, it's fucked up. It's fucked oh, up. Um, how, how, how does any of this crazy shit help anything Antonio Brown wants to do or should be doing? Like, that guy is a generational talent that was arguably on a trail that he was blazing where he was putting himself from a stat perspective in the top 10 receivers of all time. 
he was uncoverable at, at one point in his NFL career. And and that's what Roethlisberger was his quarterback, who I thought was, eh, you know, a product of good defense and run game. And, you know, he played well and won a couple Super Bowls, not taking anything away from the guy. But not not a generational talent at quarterback, but a good player. Um, and, and it's just the, the fall from grace on Antonio Brown is crazy, staggering to me. Yeah, I think I think the motherfucker's attention whore, and I and I bet you he's gonna get he'll be broke in five years. Um, well, that and the fact that he's showing his meat to every person that'll look at it at every angle, it's yeah, I'd, I'd agree with you on that one. I mean, he's 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 doing he's doing low 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 budget porn with with like porn star broads, and he's doing all kinds of shit. So like, he's just a what? fucking idiot. Like Antonio Brown's making porno. Yeah, he had he had a uh, he had one of these famous porn star girls that's like, well, a couple years ago was like super. She was known for giving head, like the best head in the industry. He had her come over. I forgot her name. I just I just I just got sent the story year a couple years back, and I think he was with the Steelers or the Patriots or something. And uh, she came over and sucked his dick. He filmed the shit, or they filmed it, whatever. <laughs> And it, it, it became viral and fuck it just dog the cat just can't get out of his own fucking way, bruh. That's hey, no, hey, like like I don't have daughters, thank God. No offense to all the women out there, but I do kid, can you imagine like if your if your daughter was the world's best sucker? That's not a that's not an achievement, I don't think. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. Like I, I, I don't get it, dog. Like, like, like OnlyFans, right? I don't get OnlyFans. Like, I would be damned to pay either. somebody. I'm not gonna pay. I got porn for free right here, dog. Pornhub or whatever it's called. Why, Why I would I pay you to, watch to go on OnlyFans? I'm confused. Like, what there's the fuck are we doing? There's some thirsty motherfuckers out there, JB. Dog, there's some thirsty motherfuckers out there. <laughs> thirsty dog like, there's a lot like a lot of these fucking people on OnlyFans, dudes and chicks are thirsty as fuck too like every five minutes is another picture of tits or ass or abs or whatever the fuck man like yeah good i know what tits look like you're taking all the fun out of the mystery like there's no mystery anymore with people dog it's just all i gotta do is click on OnlyFans and pay 10.99 and people will be in there, like, showing me the inside of their asshole if I ask them to. If I send you 50 bucks, will you bleach your butt on fucking line for me? Yeah, no problem. What will you do for 60 bucks? Fuck, I got free time. Suck your toes with hot sauce? Hey, so look, <laughs> I got, uh, all right, all right, we're going to get to the football real quick. We got 20 minutes for Mike rolls on. The, the, the teams in the NFL one lot with one win this year. Fucking Raiders, one and four. Steelers, one and four. Texans got one. Washington Wussies. Uh, that's what I think the W on the helmet stands for. They're one and four. The Lions are one and four, and the Panthers are one and four. Got Pat. I uh, got Matt Rule fired yesterday. You have an interesting take on Matt Rule. Uh, I, I'm, I'm I'm interested in hearing it. Um, what? Get give me two minutes. I want to. We're gonna take a. We're gonna take a commercial break. Real fast, Matt's gonna get uh get through this little signal. I'm gonna go to we're gonna have our new ad read Roman. Uh take a one minute break. I'm gonna take the dog out. It's a one minute fifty-three break minute break. We'll be right back. Me and Matt will break down Matt Rule and what he thinks is gonna be the next 
Coach in Boulder, take two. One minute and 53 seconds. I'll see you right here. What up, what up, what up? The Real Coach JB here on the Coach JB Show, 6 to 8 a.m. on the wake-up call, plus 1 to 4 p.m. daily for the Coach JB Show. Has a proud, proud, proud new sponsor, Roman. Make sure you check it out because it, when it comes to intimacy, we all want to feel confident. But for a lot of guys out there, erectile dysfunction gets in the way. This issue affects people differently, but is actually something that 52% of men will experience some form of during their life. So make sure you head on over to Roman. You know how when you're wearing that great outfit and everything just looks right and your confidence is soaring and you like the swag and you're feeling flashy, you can walk into a room knowing you're on A game and is on point. If you've been struggling with ED, Roman can give you the same feeling in the bedroom. Look, we all know that change doesn't happen without action. So whether you're looking for gains at the gym or better experience in the bedroom, there's never any shame in showing up for yourself and your health. So if you're dealing with erectile dysfunction, don't ignore the issue. Instead, face it head on with Roman. Proud new sponsor to Coach AB Show, Roman offers a discreet process from start to finish. You can connect with licensed medical provider via Roman's convenient online visit. Prescription ED treatments are safe, effective, and the FDA approved and used by millions of men. Free two-day shipping. If you've been struggling with ED, Roman can help rebuild the confidence during sex. Head on over to ro.co slash coachjb today. And if approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's ro.co slash coachjb. ro.co slash coachjb. And head on over to Roman. Tell him Coach JB sent you. Proud new sponsor of the Coach JB Show. Appreciate you. Peace. All right, all right, all right. Me and Matt are back right on time like clockwork. Uh, let's get into these games. I, I got to break this down. Matt Rule gets fired. The third coach that Baker Mayfield has fired, by the way. Yes, I said Baker Mayfield fired three coaches. Um, he is absolutely horrible. Carson Wentz will be the next guy to get a guy fired. Um you know, I I, lo- I love my man, Ron Rivera, Riverboat Ron. I think he's a hell of a coach. He's yet to win any games that are meaningful as a head coach, but I like him as a coach because he's a epitome of what me and Matt think is a coach. I mean, he's uh, a big head coach in the Super Bowl. He's won some meaningful games. Yeah, I mean, they won I just, the you know, the game and having a playoff run and, and, and Ron's just missing that component, but we all know in the business well, what a coach he is. Yeah, no doubt. Um, all right, give me your Matt Rule to, uh, take because it's interesting. I'm, I'm curious to hear it, especially as you're headed to Boulder. So I'm, I'm in Boulder now. I'm about to pull up to the facility. I'll hop off the show this morning about 8.20 to go into this meeting. Um, look, Matt Rule has been a program builder in college at Temple. He took over a terrible Temple team. They had 10 or 11 wins when he left at nationally ranked ass-kicking NFL players. Took over a bad Baylor team after the Bryles controversy, um, whatever happened there, and turned that around and took them to double-digit wins multiple times and then jumped to the NFL. So if I'm Rick George up here in Boulder, uh, I I like the intern Mike Sanford. He'll be a good offensive coordinator, you know, if, if Rule was to get hired here. If he can turn things around and win a couple games here to, to get things going in Boulder, and I think they can. They're college kids. They can turn it around quick. Uh, maybe he is the key. I don't know. But when 
Matt Rule is out there and he's had a track record of doing this and building programs, that's exactly what CU needs. It's exactly what they need is that kind of coach right now that has established recruiting connections, that's done it already, that knows the blueprints, uh, and that honestly, you know, has tried and dipped his toes in the, the NFL coaching pool and, you know, it didn't treat him very well. He was 11 and 27 and that's not a knock on him necessarily. You know, it's the, the NFL is a different animal. It's not like coaching in college. So, you know, it, it, Pete Carroll always used to say before he did go to the NFL, uh, you know, why would I go to the league where I can only have one first round draft pick a year when I can be at SC and recruit 10. So, you know, Matt Rule can kind of look at this and step back and, and look at this as another opportunity for him to come do what he does, which is build and then hopefully prosper wherever he goes. Auburn is probably going to open up. I don't see Brian Harson staying there. That's another name. Colorado could kind of pick up Auburn scraps. Or Harson's got a lot of West Coast connections being at Boise State. And Matt Rule could easily end up at Auburn as well. So, I just think that, you know, with all the struggles CU's gone through trying to find a coach since they fired Gary Barnett way back in the day um, and trying to find some consistency of that position, this might be that guy. So I'm excited about the, the opportunity for him to at least, you know, be interviewed and see what happens there. But, you know, he, he's going to get a huge bag from Carolina. He signed a seven-year contract, bro. Like, his agent should win fucking agent of the year every year for the next seven years for that deal. Because coaches got money is all guaranteed. So yeah, Matt Rule, a seven year contract and to get fired in halfway through your third year. And that's four and a half years now of him just collecting a fucking bag and for being shitty. So, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's weird. So I think he could come back to college and be a really, really good coach an asset for whoever does hire him. So, I mean, we'll see. I'll have a better understanding what things are are looking like up here in Boulder after I get done with this meeting today. That's for damn sure. Yeah, no. Um, Michael Lombardi joins us in about 13 minutes. Um, if you if you can't do it, Matt, don't worry. If you're in the facility, I'll do Michael alone. Um, yeah, well, in, in 13 minutes, I'll just jump off and we'll uh, I'll jump back on tomorrow at, at normal time. Yeah, yeah no doubt. Um, so let me let's get let's break down this 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 Raider game real quick and then get into uh the the, the I want to get into some things man that's interesting. So the Raiders ran the football which I didn't think they would do that great last night with Chris Jones playing as well as he's playing. They run the football down the Chiefs throat. And when you got a guy like that and you know as an O-line guy and you know as a D-line guy um the D-line's like, fuck, we don't want to see run. We want to see a pass right now because we're getting gassed. And offensively, like, fuck right. it, let's gra- let's gas these cats. Yes. Fourth and one. The mentality just has to be so soft that we're going to take analytics. So you're telling me, Matt, that analytics completes balls now? Like, I'm confused on this, this common sense shit because it, it blows my mind. And – uh I'm going to ask Michael about this this hit, but I want to ask Matt, too. Uh, we're, everything is tying into being soft. Like, if you haven't figured it out, analytics, recruiting and transfer portal. Dudes in the NFL demanding trades now, even though under contract. And Aww. now we have Tom Brady 
After the Tua concussion, you have a Tom Brady wrap-up sack. And last night, you have everybody up in arms with this one. Derek Carr. He gets sacked. But listen to this. He gets sacked. And then two series later, Mahomes gets fucking slung slammed and there's no call. And they don't do shit. And, And it was kind of like a questionable late call, too, because he got tripped. And everybody thought he was down. And he didn't get a call at all. Look, the National Football League has a real problem with this right now. They're fucking with the integrity of the game again with their goddamn refs. This is why people like you and I and so many other people are are waking up to the NFL is fucking rigged shit. And that the refs are dirty. And like that Vegas and the bookies out there in the world are playing everybody for a fucking fool as they just rake in their money that they essentially set people up to lose. So, look, bro, the past, the, the past interference calls in the past were a problem. The, you know, some of the targeting stuff has been a real problem. But a roughing the past, you're not only, it's not a roughing, it's a sack and a fumble and a turnover last night for Chris Jones. So, like, looking at this a little bit differently is you're not just taking, you're not just penalizing them for roughing the passer. He didn't hit him late. You're penalizing the defensive lineman for literally what you taught them to do, to wrap and tackle, not to strike and fall on the man. Exactly. Sometimes you're going to land on the quarterback, but what the fuck? You can't. It's football, for God's sakes. The fact that they're penalizing these guys, taking away sacks, taking away fumble recoveries, and then and and on top of it, giving the other team 15 yards and the ball back and the momentum is it's it's ridiculous. I mean, it, it's it's so ridiculous that it's amazing to me that these guys can hold their cool when they're asked about it afterwards. Like, if I'm Chris Jones or if I'm Brady Jarrett, I'm losing my fucking mind in the press conference after the game, bro. I'm out of I'm out of my fucking shoes, pissed off about this. Find me all you fucking want, Roger Goodell, Joseph Stalin. Find a way, motherfucker. But the, your rules are fucking up the integrity of the game. I thought it was supposed to be important. And it, it seems to me like, you know, it, at, at some point, and you're a quarterback and a quarterback guru, and I want to hear your opinion on this. I think we've talked about it in the past. As an ex-defensive lineman and an offensive lineman, a guy who's ran through many a quarterback's chest, I have so much respect for the guys that would take a fucking beating and they get up and talk shit and lace in a quarterback. I've laced in a touchdown to beat you rather than this new school shit where you can't even fucking breathe on the guy or any, or he's, he's hurt or he's lo- trying to like flop to get calls and they're giving it to him. And they're like, they're like pussifying a position where it's where you potentially could just be, the baddest motherfucker that's ever walked, the toughest dude on the fucking field. Look, dog. Look. The most position. They fuck, I, they're fucking it up. I, I love, I love where you're going. This is the thing. Troy Aikman last night makes a comment. We got all these fucking feminists coming out now after Troy Aikman because he said, "Let's take the dresses off the fucking quarterback." It's okay for the girls to come out here. This is what I have a problem with in America. We got these females that these fucking big time blue check marks verified females come out last night and say, oh, yeah, let's just skip by what Troy Aikman said, how sexist of a statement he said that we can wear gla- – we, we need to take the dresses off. So I responded to abroad. I had to, dog. And I said, I said, listen, 
But it's okay that Leah Thomas with a size 17 shoe can beat your women's ass in swimming, right, motherfucker? Like, you cannot, you can allow that shit, but you won't allow this shit. And Troy, by the way, last time I checked, dog, men are wearing skirts like a motherfucker nowadays. Exactly. So, so I'm confused on what's happening here. So so I better not hear Troy Aikman apologize. I don't want to hear him no, apologize. No, he's going to have to apologize. Dog, it's unbelievable, man. It's unbelievable. I'm so sorry. I told men not to wear a dress. If they even fucking, if they even register themselves as a man, I'm so sorry. I offended people I don't even fucking know that without a social media platform, wouldn't this even wouldn't even be a fucking conversation. Like this is the United States of America. Sometimes people say shit you don't like. You have to deal with it. I fucking, the left says a ton of shit I don't agree with. I don't get on social media and start fucking, you know, like fueling their fire. Being like, You're wrong. I just don't give a fuck. So, I like, people need to understand that Troy Aikman doesn't need to apologize. He had an opinion, and I agree with him. They should take the fucking skirts off the quarterbacks, and they should let them go play and be the fucking alpha males that they are. And my thing is this, too, like, this soccer mom mentality of a bunch of people that don't even like football and don't care about it, that have opinions about it. And like somehow I'm, I and the rest of the football community is supposed to take an opinion seriously of a person who doesn't have a fucking clue what they're talking about and doesn't care about the, the game at overall at all anyway. So what, why do I have to listen to that opinion? That's fucking ridiculous. Why are you even involved? Like, if you don't even like the game and the only reason you're getting involved is to talk shit and, like, attack somebody when they say something you don't like, that's essentially like you and I sitting around watching The Bachelor or The Bachelorette, that dumb bullshit they put on TV, and every time some asshole, you know, with a blue check mark, like you said, posts something about the show, two guys that don't know shit about it just chime in and start fucking bashing it. Like, oh, this fucking guy's a loser because he cheated on this other chick. And what do you know? And blah, 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 blah. And it, it's, it, it, we're, we just need to, unfortunately, I hate to say this, but that's something where you and I need to stay in our lane. <laughs> like, we probably shouldn't be commenting on The Bachelorette. So when, when Aikman comes out and says, take the skirts off, take the dresses off these guys, it's a fucking figure of speech, dog. Nobody's wearing a dress. The only people wearing dresses are Russell Westbrook's the only dude I've ever seen show up to a ball game in a motherfucking dress. So, dog, I... We got five minutes. To your point, all right? Uh, you're talking about you respected quarterbacks who used to take chin shots. So, like, this was me. I used to take a chin shot, throw a touchdown, talk shit to the defense that hit me, talk shit to the DBs that I beat them with the ball on, and I earned their respect that way later on. 100%. had a drink with them at a party uh, later on in life. So, and then my team, my old linemen, if I took a chin shot and I know they're fucking busting their ass for me because I feed them every Friday night in my house and we have those meals and chill. I also got in their ass for fucking doing dumb shit. And then they, we had that respect. And... Hey, yep. dog, feed you. I'm real with you. You're real with me. You protect me. Sometimes you fuck up. I cuss you out. Sometimes I fuck up. Cuss me out. I have no fucking quarrels with it. So 
I used to let my nuts hang throwing those touchdowns and knowing that I'm going to the party that night as a winner with a, with a scar on my chin. And, like, that's what Troy Aikman is saying. That's what Warren Moon came out last night and said. And it's why is a big issue? Because the old school cat knows what it's like to win big, game, meaningful football games. Nowadays, Troy Aikman can't say what he said. We get sensitive. We just have too many um, – we, we, we're old school mentality. Warren Moon, Troy Aikman, myself, all think that it was cool to get scars under your chin when you threw a touchdown. And that's just what it is. So, I mean, I just don't get it, man. Uh, we become so soft when it comes to the quarterback protection, and, and, and I just I hate to see it because I just think the game's being ruined, and I think all the original cats in this business know it. So um, I agree with you wholeheartedly. And, and look, without further ado, our main man's here, man. I don't. I know he's a time's yeah, limit. Do you think I'm gonna go do my job? You guys have a great show. All right, and good I luck in Colorado. All right, All right, later. Um, without further ado, man, we're gonna bring in our 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 our, our great guest that's gonna grace my presence for a few minutes, and I appreciate him greatly coming on in. Uh, I'm going to put his ticker down on the bottom. Make sure you guys follow him on all social media platforms. He does a great job on his daily show as well. So make sure you head on over and check him out. Um, I'm going to put his uh, deal right here as soon as I find it. Uh, Uh, Let's see. I'm the worst at this. Um, All right, here we go. All right, right there on the ticker, make sure you follow Michael Lombardi, uh, NFL exec, media and analyst, and host of the Daily Coach Pod. Follow him right there on Twitter. Michael, I appreciate you joining me, man. How you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you. Good morning. Good to be here. You know, I used to be on Pat's show every week, and and, uh, I see you on there, and I saw you last week break down the quarterbacks, and I was like, man, I just said the same thing on my show a couple days prior, and I'm like, dude, it is great to hear it from someone like yourself. Um, I know uh, if you don't know who Michael Lombardi is, make sure you follow former Browns GM with Patriots for a long time. Now, your show, is it the GM Shuffle or is it the Daily Show? I have uh, I have two shows. I do the GM Shuffle podcast, which is on DraftKings and VEASAN networks, and I also do a daily show, the Lombardi Line, which is on the VEASAN platforms. You can get it on YouTube. Uh, I do that for two hours during the week, and then on weekends, uh, 10 to 12 over at the Borgata. So it's mostly all football, but it's a betting show, handicap of the teams, which is essentially what I did when I was in the NFL working. We had uh, my morning show. We do a morning show every day, and I do my daily show in the afternoon. And, and uh, Matt McChesney's on with me. That was who that was. It just got out. He uh, played at Colorado, played in the league, I think, six, seven years, O-lineman. He got drafted as a D-lineman, and they switched him over to O-line uh, to, to play. But he's up at Colorado right now, uh, shadowing uh, Mike Sanford, the interim head coach. So he's up there uh, doing that with them. Um, so I, let me ask you. I heard you talk, man, and, and I hear your show, and I'm like, dude, we speak the same language. Uh, I said Daniel Jones would be one of the best play- return comeback players of the year this year. I said the Giants are going to win seven games. Now I'm leaning that they win nine. Um, you you say similar things about him. I think, you know, I, I know his coach in college, Coach Cutcliffe's a great dude, and I've, he's recruited me for years, and, I, and I've sent him players. And he told me that Daniel has, has the it factor. I think that he's gone through a lot of transition. As you know, it's not easy in this league when you're in a bad organization. You get tr- new OC, new head coaches every year, it seems like. I think Sam Darnold's a victim of that. I think hopefully Trevor Lawrence will not fall to that. He did. He was on his way last year, and, th- and now it looks like Peterson's the guy for him. Um, 
How often do you see that uh, in your profession that, that guys get drafted and we really never know how good they will be because they're in such a bad organization? You know, it goes for the coaches, too. In my next book that I just finished called Football Done Right, I break down a lot of the coaches and I go over categories about, you know, the good coach, bad owner, you know, good, good owner, great coach. You know, there's so many variables into determining whether a coach is successful. And it's the same thing with the quarterback. I've never actually been a Daniel Jones fan. I think when the game speeds up, he can't really get there. However, that being said, I think Dayball and Mike Kafka have done a great job of managing what his strengths are. And he's an athlete. He can run. And when you give him easy throws like the Packers did last week, and when he can repeat plays, right, they ran about four or five plays. That's all they ran. They ran swap boot in about a thousand different combinations. And he's very effective at doing that. And they've done a great job. And it proves the point, Jason, that all these guys, Parcell said this to me 30 years ago. Walsh said the same thing. All these guys have to be managed. There's very, very few that you just roll the ball out and say, go ahead and play. Every quarterback has strengths and weaknesses, and the coaches that play to the strengths and eliminate the weaknesses obviously make their quarterback look a lot better. And when they don't do that, they look like Darnold or they look like some of these other guys. Now, some guys are just – I mean, I never thought Josh Rosen was going to be a good pro. I think that's been proven out. I think there's some things that just you can't replace – However, that being said, I think when you manage one and you make them look more effective, you ask yourself, is it the scheme or is it the player? The Cowboys, is it Cooper Rush or have they modified their scheme to fit Cooper Rush? I think it's the latter. Me too. Me too. I agree. Uh, and I don't know. I don't know if you replace him right now. And, and I don't believe he's anywhere near skill set wise as gifted as Dak. We know that. But that doesn't mean you're not a better quarterback. Like in my opinion, like we, we Lamar Jackson's a freak of nature. One of the guys we, we've maybe never seen in this league, but at the same time, he's not a great quarterback to me. I just don't think it's sustainable in the long haul, what he does and what they do. Kudos to Harbaugh though, for running a system that is basically built around him from top to bottom. And I know you've seen this many times, like last year, Justin Fields, but what is the backup? The, they go from Justin Fields running read option, RPO, triple option to, Dalton, when they're back in the 21 and 12 personnel, dropping straight drop back West Coast. Like, it's, it's, it was such a big difference. Nowadays, you've got this Ravens roster built strictly behind what he does. RG3 was the quarterback. McSorley, now they got Huntley. So whoever comes in, they're going to run the same system, which I give him a lot of credit for. I just think it might be his demise as well because I don't know if it's sustainable. Nine quarterbacks last week, Mike. Nine quarterbacks threw for under 200 yards in the NFL. I, I've never seen it in my life, I don't think, uh, in 30 years. Uh, I've been saying it. I take a lot of heat and everything. And when you came out and were talking similar things on Pat's show last week, I said, man, this is coming from a guy that had been in the NFL for his, his whole life and now. But what do I know? I always say, um, what do you think, man? Justin Fields couldn't hit water. He fell out of a boat. I, I think Kyler Murray's the same way. He doesn't even understand where his hots are coming from, his side adjusts. He doesn't understand old line protection, gap, run fits. He don't know rotation of coverage. Are we too complex as coaches? Is Kingsbury giving him too much as far as length of play call when we know we're not even studious enough to understand where our hots are coming from? I just think we're out tricking ourselves right now in this day and age because the quarterback play is atrocious. 
Well, I mean, look, you know, every week I go through uh, one of the key, to me, key elements of every game is when you add rushes and completions together. So you take the rushing attempts and the completions, you combine that number. When you get over 52, it doesn't tell you who's going to win the game. No, I mean, Tennessee uh, was bad last week in that category. Washington was good. Tennessee won the game. But it tells you how's your execution going. And I think what we're seeing more than ever, Jason, is you're seeing a lot of incomplete passes. Like, you know, the Cowboys won with that, with that, with uh, Cooper Rush. He had 10 completed passes. That's all he had in the game. 100 yards. Yeah. But what your point is this to me, I think what they should do is when Dak comes back, run a similar offense. Don't, don't go and think that you're going to start changing it. Manage the game so it fits Dak better. I think they've never done that. I think Kellen Moore just calls plays when Dak's in there and hope he executes. When Cooper Rush is in there, he called games like a head coach. They manage the game. I think that's really the strategy you have to take into place. And when you talk about Lamar, I, I've been saying this on my program for months. I hate the Ravens offense because Lamar, for as talented as he is, and I think he's really talented, he needs to play under center. He needs to be able to be under center more because he is one of the few players in the league that the sick you have to defend the sixth offensive weapon. And when you put him under center, he then becomes the only player at the quarterback position that can block somebody. So when you boot him out, somebody's got to go with him. When you run a naked, somebody's got to go with him, which opens up, which now no other quarterback does that as well. So it opens up an offense. But when you're constantly in shotgun offset, you don't have a lead blocker. You don't have an expansive running game. And you take away all those options. Yeah, you run read option. But people are better playing read option now than they ever had before. So this all goes back to how do we manage it? What do we set up the offense to do? I've been saying this about the Ravens. Every time they play against a really good coordinator, whether it's Don Martindale this week or Lou Amaromo last week or anybody, they always get shut down because they take away what the read option wants to do. They, they set their defense outside in, and it becomes a problem. And, and Roman doesn't make any adjustments to it. He just continues to run his kind of gadgetry runs that, that don't work in big games. Yeah, I agree. I, 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 let me ask you this. I know I got, got you for a couple minutes and you're out of here. I, let me ask you that. I appreciate you coming in, man. Um, I really do. I, let me ask you this. Cooper Rush, in my opinion, McCarthy looks like he's lost 30 pounds. Kellen Moore looks like he's, he's not on eggshells anymore. Is it, is it more running the system they're running when Dak comes back? Or is it that Dak just won't run the system? And this is the system that has been des- designed, but Dak does his ad-libbing, uh, reason why he's in, always injured, in my opinion. But he doesn't throw the football away. He doesn't climb the pocket and, and, and live to play another down, which we want our quarterbacks to do by definition. Let's live to play another down. Cooper Rush doesn't make mistakes. He throws the ball away. He understands down and distance. Is that something that Kellen Moore tried to do with Dak and he just won't do it because he's the guy and he's the money guy and he's this big guy? Or do you think that he will do it, and the, and the Cowboys will put him in eventually. Um, I just don't know when, Coach. When do you put him in against the Eagles? Do you start him back then? No, I want it. But when do you? What if Cooper goes 8-0? <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think to me, you know, when he can secure the football with his hand properly yeah. and he can and throw it without any, any pain, you put him in there. But until then, you don't. But I, I think it goes back to McCarthy becoming a head coach again. Like McCarthy has now stepped into a role where he's telling more what to run. And how to run it. Not that he's changed the offense. Like, he's actually become a head coach when Cooper Rush came in there. And he's got to stay that way. 
Look, yeah. we know the Giants are not a great team, but Brian Dayball's managed the quarterback. They've done a good job of staying attached to games, and they've kept themselves in all these games, right? I think even Chicago, for as bad as Justin Fields has played, and he's played poorly, they've kept themselves attached because they've tried to play complementary football with all three phases. That That's something that gets lost, and I think it's one of the reasons why these quarterbacks are playing so poorly. I mean, it, it gets lost in how do we win the game? You know, it's always – it's not about how many yards we get. It's not about how many, how many, uh, you know, first out. It's about how do we win the game? How do we set it up so that we win the game? What do we have to do? People talk about, well, game management. No, game management doesn't happen on, on Sunday afternoon at 1 o'clock. Game management happens on Tuesday in the game plan meeting. How do we have to play the game to win the game? I thought the Raiders did a good job last night. They stayed attached. They got the lead. You know, they had opportunity. To, to win that game down the stretch. They got a second, a third and one they don't convert, a fourth and one they don't convert. They have nobody to blame but themselves. But to me, they played the game the right way. They played how they needed to win. They ran Josh Jacobs. They were able to control the ball. The problem was the second half, they only had the ball for 10 minutes. They let yeah. that second half get away from them. Career night for Jacobs and the, and the fourth and one call. I just I just can't do this analytic thing anymore, Michael. I, 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 it is killing me. Common sense has been destroyed analytics has taken over and I know it's such a big thing in the game now and I get it and all that I got 28 guys in the in the league playing and I'm just like dude it's unbelievable common sense is not used anymore we're seeing Kellen we're seeing these guys tweet about their head coach's decisions with with Keenan Allen and just I mean that that tells you what they think in the locker room but I, I think you know like last night you know, I, I would have kicked. I mean, I always go back to what would Belichick do. I would have kicked it, right? And I love Josh McDaniel. My son's the offensive coordinator. I will tell him this morning when we talk, I would have kicked it. Now, the theory is if, if you get the lead, you know, you want – you want even if you don't get it, Kansas City plays four minutes, you get the ball back. I don't know about all that. To me, I'm going to tie the game, give my team a chance. The one play, the two plays that I thought were the most egregious – in all of football last weekend on Sunday was happened in Cleveland with with the Chargers and, and the Browns. First, for Kevin Stefanski to go for it on fourth and inches at his own 25 with five minutes to go in the, in the third quarter, okay, at his own 25. So you say analytics says go for it. Okay, like explain to me what's the reward we get? Three more downs? I don't know. What do we get? What do we get if we go for it? I can understand your logic going for it when you're in your red zone. Okay, we're going to get points. we got a chance to get points. I got that. All right, I, I don't agree, but I got it. I don't agree with giving them the – with going for it at your own 25 when all the only reward is we get three more three more plays. We might have to punt anyway. Those three points cost his team the game. Two weeks in a row, Stavansky's cost his team the game. And then the decision by Staley, what Keenan Allen said is right. Like if he trusted his defense, as he said after the game, I trust my defense. Then punt the goddamn ball. Oh, shit. I, I can't believe it. And, and last night's kick just blows my mind again. It's like – and I'm like, dude, what do you gain from not tying it? I mean, you tie the game. You're, you're going to be up one, and you're going to lose by two on a field goal. I just didn't get what they gained with four minutes. That's what I, I didn't understand. Part of, I don't agree with it. I'm going to say that. I'm not defending it. Uh, all I'm saying is I think it's part of how you strategize – the offense of the Chiefs. When the offense of the Chiefs get into four minute, right, that's when you have a really good advantage because Andy really doesn't want to run the ball. He really right. doesn't. And you can right. stop their run game. I mean, look, the one thing we learned about the Chiefs last night is they're not explosive. 
I mean, they had four drives of over nine plays in the game. They converted all their almost all their third downs in the four, in the second half, which is why they were able to. They were perfect in the red zone. Are they going to always be perfect in the red zone? I don't think so. Like their margin for error against good teams is a lot smaller without Tyreek Hill. But Mahomes is dynamic. Mahomes is dynamic. And what, what killed the Raiders was obviously the 11 penalties and some of the negative plays that they got that hurt their drives, especially in the second half. Let me get you out of here. Let me ask you this real quick. Two things. Do you think, do you think that these quarterbacks are getting drafted regardless of what team they're going to, bad or good or indifferent? Do you think they're playing too quickly? I think we're throwing them to the wolves where we're not even coaching them in college anymore. I think coaching the quarterback in college has become so bad. I'm having so many kids playing out there, and I'm just like, it has become so bad. We want to go tempo, shotgun, don't teach anything under center, as far as exchange. We're going to not teach anything rotation, no fronts, no coverages, no, no blitzes. We don't know who's hot. Do you believe that the quarterback position is being kind of thrown to the wolves when they go to the NFL, and now we're just seeing this spiral out of control with the guys like Daniel Jones, Justin Fields, Kyler Murray's, which they're not really ready. And uh, now who, who's going to be ready? Because there's nobody else now for, to learn from. And I said it on my show the other day, Michael, I would not be shocked. I'm not a believer in, in Jordan Love, but I would not be shocked if he ends up coming in when Aaron Rodgers leaves and is better than these guys we're seeing right now because he got to sit and see. But that could be false. But do you think that's a uh, – a real thing, and would you would you recommend them to sit a, a little bit and learn? I, I think this. I think the bigger issue to me is when they draft it, they don't build the team around the strengths of the quarterback. And what is the plan? So you draft Justin Fields. You're Ryan Pace. You, you, you missed on Trubisky. You now draft Justin Fields because the media tells you you should draft them. Right. But, you, but you don't really t- – you don't, you don't second-order think. You don't say, okay, if we get fields, this is the kind of team we have to become. This is the kind of team we need to build around him. This is the offense he needs to be in. This is how we need to structure the team. It's like baseball, right? You build your team around your stadium. You know, you have a a short left field. You you want right-handed hitters. You have a short right field. You want left-handed hitters. You have a fast track. You want speed, whatever it is, right? So you build your team around it. We're not fundamentally asking the question is, What are we going to run when we get this guy? We just are getting him and think he's going to solve all our problems when he doesn't. Whereas the Mac Jones goes to New England. They had a plan for him. They put him in. They had a plan. Bailey Zappi comes in. They had a plan. Here's what we're going to do. Here's how we're going to play the game. Here's how we're going to win the game. And to me, that just there's very few people that can coach the quarterback and even fewer that can evaluate him. And I think we're seeing a lot less people understand how to build an offense. Like Trevor Lawrence, to me, I don't think we've even skimmed the surface on what are we going to run with him? Like we're running Peterson goes for it on fourth down. They're actually worse this year on fourth down. They're 22nd in the league on fourth down. They were better last year on fourth down, but yet he continues to put them in bad places because he's going for it, not managing the game. To me, it's a real issue. Let me, I'll get you out of here. Five questions real quick. Carson Wentz, do you bench him for Heineke or you keep him? I, I would, I would, I would, I would keep him. I mean, Haneke is going to get killed. That line can't protect anybody. Baker Mayfield, and I know he got hurt. Um, who? What do they do there? He's got his third coach, in essence, fired. In my opinion, I think he's he's very, uh, very. I, I, mean, I think Baker Mayfield's looking at a minimum salary contract and a backup next year. The way he, I mean, I'm disappointed. I was never a Mayfield fan. I thought his hype was a liability. However, that being said, I didn't think he would play as badly as he played the first five games. 
That's as bad a quarterback can play from a first overall pick. Lamar Jackson had to sit in the green room for 31 picks before he got picked. And he's by far better than Baker Mayfield. Justin Fields, uh, I think we threw him. I recruited him out when he left Georgia. I tried to get him to Juco with me for a year, and then he won the appeal at Ohio State and got to play. Good for him. Uh, great family, great kid. I, do, do, I, I feel he's just being set up to fail. He's not even close to being ready to, to, to dissect the defenses in the, in the NFL. Um, but they don't really have any options, and I just hope he doesn't end his career early. Um, Pickett, do you agree to Pickett starting, or do you think Trubisky should stay? No, I think you got to play Pickett. I mean, Mike's trying to manage the game to win. He needs completions. I mean, when you go with Trubisky, the biggest thing that killed Trubisky was, you know, all week before the Jet game, they knew what the Jets' fronts were. They knew what the Jets' coverage were. And they had all the plays designed to beat those fronts and coverages, and he couldn't even complete them then. So, to me, I've never been a Trubisky fan from the day they drafted him. Look, here's a guy who's Mr. Ohio in the state of Ohio. And Ohio State tells him you're either playing free safety or you're not coming here. So he went to North Carolina. And because he doesn't have instincts as a quarterback, I think it's Justin Fields' issue too. I don't think Fields has innate instincts to play. I think he's a, he's a running back playing quarterback. I agree. I, I think Kyler Murray the same way. Mariota, does Atlanta keep him going or are they going to go with the Rook? I think it's uh, – by the way he's played, I mean, they. they I think Arthur, Arthur Smith has done a great job this year of being in games, competing, bu building his offense. I don't think they're very talented, but they stay attached to the game and, and they've had a chance to win. They've covered almost every single spread. I, I think they'll give San Francisco trouble because San Francisco is beat up this week. Yeah, they are. Um, man, I, I picked uh, – get you out of here right now. I appreciate you coming. I picked uh, Denver to actually be the sleeper to get out of the AFC and, and have a shot. I thought Russell Wilson was going to have this resurgence, MVP type of year. They have looked absolutely bad. Um do you agree that coaches get jobs nowadays in this league because of who they coached? Uh, Nathaniel coached Aaron. Uh, you know, McDaniels, obviously, you know more than me. You know him well. He coached Tom. Are guys getting jobs and, and getting those favors because of the quarterback that was successful under their tutelage? And then you're seeing them, and maybe they're not head coaches. They're not built for head coaching uh, roles. I mean, you're seeing it in college right now. Venables looks look like a fish out of water. I love Brent. I've known him a long time. But I'm just like, you, you, it doesn't look good for, for a lot of guys. And not all jobs are good jobs, in my opinion. Um, do you agree to that? Or are you saying, no, they can get it done? No, I, I think becoming a head coach is a hard job. And I don't think we use mentors enough. I think that Nathaniels has the look on his face that he's in over his head. I actually think McDaniels, I mean, they've been in every game. They could have beat the Chargers. They should have beat Tennessee. They should have beat Arizona. They've, they've lost a lot of close games at 14 the 14 points, four games. I mean, so they're a one and fourteen, but you don't want to play them. You do not want to play them, and they're not even very. I mean, they didn't have Darren Waller last night. Their offensive line will get better as as they start to get better players in there. I mean, I think they're going to be a good team. I really do. I think he's ready to become a head coach now more than he was the first time. He's a bright offensive mind, but I think ultimately a lot of these guys get head coaching jobs, and they're really just coordinators that have a bigger role. Before everybody bashes the, uh, the the Rams, are they done or do they still have a shot because they're so talent-rich and, and, and are they just missing the I'm OBC? Sure they're talent-rich. They have some really talented players, but I'm not sure they're talent-rich. Their depth is bad. And I think really where they're having a hard time is, is, is because they run an offense with Goff. They were play-action pass outside zone. So now they get Stafford and they become the Detroit Lions off. They can't protect them. And he I turns agree. the ball over to them. They've lost it. They have no identity whatsoever. 
And I think their talent level, when you watch them defensively, other than the great Aaron Donald and Ramsey, they're not very good. And when you watch them offensively, that offensive line doesn't block anybody. Nah, they're banged up, and I think they're out. They're 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 over their head, man. I hate I hate that they're this bad, this fast. Um, I appreciate you, Michael, man. I know you're busy, man, and I I, I love you. seeing you on Pat's show. And I, I hit him up last night, man. And I was like, man, I'm trying to get Michael on the show. He's like, oh damn, Paisano. So I appreciate you guys, man. I, I love what you do, man. And uh, tell your son good luck, man. Max Crosby's been on my show. Good kid. Uh, I've had a couple of those guys playing for the Raiders, my former players. So um, they do a good job, man. So kudos to your son, man. Tell him he's doing a hell of a job with uh, with Carr. I'm not a Carr guy, but uh, he's doing a hell of a job with him. Yeah, they need to get back. They need to close out games. Thank you, Jason. I appreciate you. Appreciate you, Michael. Take care. Shout out to the great Michael Lombardi. Um, I don't know if you guys know his son is the OC there, uh, if you did not know that. Um, but great man, very knowledgeable dude, 40 years plus in the NFL as a GM with the Browns, Patriots. He's been around a lot of winning uh, formulas. Um, listen, we're going to take a quick break again. We got a star-studded lineup the rest of this day too, man. The Later on the Daily Show, we got uh, Rich Orberger. We have uh, – we have a uh, we have an actual guest that I don't know if you know who she is. She's very big in the business. Um, her name is Nicole Arbor. Uh, she'll be joining the show this afternoon. Um, very big personality on social media. Um, we have a professional female wrestler joining us this Friday. Um, so uh, her name is Danielle Camella. You'll be seeing her join the show this Friday. We have a star-studded lineup. But next, right after this, in about eight minutes we have uh live moods if you don't know who that is she's one of the best bettors on FanDuel, and she was on colin cowherd's uh betting um sports betting show um when colin cowherd started the volume last year so live live moods will join us here in about eight minutes and we'll get all things FanDuel, all things betting and uh we'll get all those things going and so Appreciate you guys, and uh, make sure you hit the like button, subscribe, become a member. This show is going to be the best in the bear in the business. Just stay tuned for it. Um, I, we'll be right back, man. Let me give you a little uh, two-minute conversation, and uh, see you in about three minutes. Number one, Lamar Jackson won the MVP. Lamar Jackson's had no issues off the field. He's been he's been great in the community and all those things. Okay. Um, let me get a quote of the day. It's ticking on the bottom of the. Th- thing i didn't even say it separation comes from preparation make sure you understand that separation comes from preparation there's a reason they put that film contract in kyler murray's fucking clause and it clearly showed last night i pointed it out even though it's one play well i could have pointed out uh, 20 plays and it is clear that him and the head coach are not on the same wavelength as far as calling plays because if they were you'd have a completely different schematics going on. They were in quads on that fucking play, by the way. To the left. He's a right-handed quarterback. Everything's fucked up from the jump. <laughs> I'm not even going to get into all that. But Lamar Jackson is, is a great kid, human, perfect kid you want to represent in your, 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 your organization. All those things. Great. I understand it. But, dog, at the end of the day, you still have to produce and win championships. He's done nothing. Lamar Jackson's done nothing. 
of significance. And I told you about this fucking MVP thing in the NFL. It is a popularity vote, whether it's good or bad, on or off the field. Let me break it down. Aaron Rodgers won the last two. Why? Because he's controversial off the field. Plus, we know he's the best ball spinner on it. Lamar Jackson that year was a popular guy. He came in ripping it, running around, freak of nature, all that shit. But we knew he wasn't going to win no real games. Anyone, guys, that I know. All right, all right, all right. I'm back, I'm back. Make sure you understand this show is brought to you by Fight Camp, the new uh, Floyd Mayweather, Mike Tyson backed um, in-house boxing exercise situation. Basically, the Peloton of boxing. So make sure you guys join Fight Camp. Check it out, fightcamp.com slash coachjb. Use that. Use that code. Um, appreciate that. Uh, Live Moods will be joining us here in a few minutes. Um, lots to discuss. We've got an action-packed day, man. Action-packed week. Uh, the show is continue to grow. Spread the word. Let everybody know. Short, fast, skinny, and tall. We do it all. Head on over to CoachJBStore.com. Check it out. Um, hey, Mac, is there a way to do? Let me see. I can do it. Um Thought I had a thing made up for Liv. Let me write it up real quick. Mac, can you do a banner for her? Um, I think her Twitter. Can you find her on Twitter and her thing? Um, media personality, betting extraordinaire. Liv Moods will be joining us. I'll get the ticker together. Um, man, a lot to a lot to unfold. A lot to unfold. We're in the wake up show. Uh, also, Roman, which was a great ad sponsor of the pat mcafee show uh roman is uh our new sponsor as well ro.co slash coach jb head on over there and use the promo code and tell them i sent you i gotta blow these things up fight camp and, and roman so i appreciate you guys looking out uh coach jb store all the merch all the fires there go check it out book poster you can get it signed as well coachjbstore.com um Appreciate everybody in here, man. Hit the like button, subscribe, become a member today. We got a lot still left in in here. Um, I got to get to a few things I wanted to break down. Um, I, I want I asked Lombardi, uh, yeah, Livia Moody. I, I uh, goes by Live Moods. Um, I, I I want I asked uh, Michael Lombardi those things because he's so in tune. Obviously, his son's still a, a, a NFL coordinator with the Raiders, and uh, you know. For the most part, I liked how he ran the football last night down the Chiefs' throat. I love it. And I just I just wish they would have ran the football on fourth and one um, instead of uh, instead of uh, throwing it. That's all I wished I would have saw. But they, they got to do what they got to do. Um, and I would have kicked the extra point. And even Michael Lombardi uh, agreed to that. So uh, – but I wanted to see would you trade would you would you get rid of some guys? I disagree with him a few things, and I what do I know? He's he I would never argue with that man about certain things because that's just not my lane. He knows this business much more than I know it. I think Heineke is a refresher and an energizer, buddy, a bunny, and I believe he brings energy to that already depleted Washington team. So that is why I say, you know what? Carson Wentz is done, dog. We need to stick a fork in Carson Wentz. It's time to move on. And and I and I agree with what he said. You know, Heineke will get killed. That O-line's horrible. But at this time, at this moment, I'm like, well, 
what are we saving Heineke for? I don't believe Heineke is a NFL big-time starting quarterback at any other franchise anywhere soon. So it's like Cooper Rush situation. Let's get Heineke in there, see if we can win some football games with him. That's where I disagree with Michael on that one. And uh, but other, but and and also there's some quarterback. I'm not disagreeing him that he doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. Obviously, like I just said, I would never argue that. What I am saying is though, I just don't know if if Wentz is a guy that's ever going to do anything. Like I, I think Heineke is actually decent. I would put him right there with Cooper Rush, if not better, more athletic. So I mean, I'm just like shit. Carson Wentz ain't the guy. We got to make a decision over here in Washington, and they Washington has a lot bigger issues than just. Uh, quarterback by the way um and then i asked him about i asked him about some other quarterbacks obviously um you know i asked him about uh justin fields there's just nobody else i mean there's just nobody else for him right now to sit behind and then the picket thing i don't think Pickett's that good um trubisky led chicago to two playoff runs um you know click it as a banner save it as click as a banner um, you know, I don't know. I just, I just think that Pickett's too young. I don't think the kid's going to grow. He's not going to have an opportunity to grow. And that is the issue. That's why I say I would, I would sit him. And, you know, that's my thing. Mariota, he's throwing for a hundred yards of football game, dog. Like he's in the NFL. We're throwing for high school numbers. That is why I disagree with that. I think I would just sit him, but Man, he knows much more than I know. I'll tell you that. Um, I appreciate Michael Lombardi joining us. Like I said, if you don't know who that is, follow his show. He talks about a lot of great things on his show. Um, Liv Moods. Olivia Moody will be joining us here in a minute. Uh, sports gambler, social media star. Um, I don't know if she still has the volume sports podcast or not. We're going to find out. I'm going to ask her. Um, I know that was last year, but I'll ask her um, and make sure you follow her at live moods. All right. She'll be, she'll be uh, joining us um, here in a moment. Um, so yeah, so she still is. Uh, she still, she still does the volume sports betting um, analyst. So uh, without further ado, let's get right into it and, uh, and bring uh, the lovely, lovely live moods on. I appreciate live moods joining us. Oh, how are you? Denver, rocking to Denver? Or what, what's up with that? You know, listen, I, it's one of those things where every time I put it on, I cry a little bit inside. But I got to, you know, I got to stay true to my my team. I always make fun of, you know, fan bases that are so quick to give up on their team. The Broncos are making it really easy to want to give up. But I'm going to I'm going to keep the faith just a little longer. So hey, I'm not mad at you. I picked the I picked Denver to go to the damn Super Bowl, girl. I know. I picked them coming out of the AFC West, and my God, are they like laughing in my face right now? <laughs> oh man, just, hey, it's you're, tough. Not even, you're not even near as bad as me. I got the, I had them playing the Colts in the AFC title game. Oh shoot! Yeah, that's yeah. You're you're down bad right now. You're hey, so are you, are you are you from Denver? I am born and raised. Yeah. And then you went to TCU. I did. I went to TCU four years. I was a TCU showgirl, hence the uh, cowgirl boots in the back. Uh, I, did, I was. I've been a dancer my whole life, so I did that, um, which was awesome because you kind of get like the best seats in the house. You're sidelined for every sporting event. You know, we danced at baseball games as well. So, TCU four years. Graduated during the pandemic and then jumped right into the world of sports betting and moved back home. So here we are. Hey, 
I, Matt, Matt McChesney, he's my, he's my uh, morning co-host. He's at the University of Colorado right now helping them shadow uh, the intern head coach right now. Okay. Uh, Mike yeah. Sanders. Yeah. So he played in the league six years, um, was with the Broncos too. He uh, He's my morning show host. Usually he'd be on right now, but he's he's up there in Colorado. So he drove in this morning on the show. And then we just had Michael Lombardi, a 35-year NFL vet. Yeah, GM. that's awesome. And I'm, 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 uh, I saw, so you got with, Cal, did you, so you're not with Cowherd anymore, right? I am. So I still work with the volume. I have a uh, show that I do twice a week called the best gambling show ever. I do that. I work with FanDuel. Uh, during the spring, I travel to Atlanta a lot and I work as a sideline reporter for fan controlled football. So I kind of, it's funny. People will ask me like, what do you do? I'm like eh, a little bit of everything. It's like a buffet style kind of, me but too. um, me yeah. Too. So kind of just doing what it's so funny. Cause I'll, I'll have people reach out to me and they're like, Hey, you know, are you interested in this, this? I'm like, bring it to me. If it works for my schedule, if it works with my contracts, it's a yes for me. So I, I really don't ever pass pass up an opportunity if it works in my life at the time. So yeah, I do a little bit of everything it feels like, but I love it. I love love the hustle. Um, So what got you in here? You kind of blown up kind of overnight. What kind of got you into this, this space? How'd you get with Colin? How'd you get with FanDuel? Uh, You know, I was on Pat McAfee show every day last year and I know FanDuel's, they paid Pat and broke him off. Right. So we know this gambling money's out there. How did you get in, in so fast? And, and, I mean, relatively, you have to be pretty young. I'm not, you ain't my damn age. So you got in this business quick and, it, <laughs> I, and, and I got to give you much credit and props. How'd you get in so fast with these big name people? Yeah. So I am 24. So I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty young. I'm, I'm new to this. I graduated college, like I said, 2020 in the heat of the pandemic, which was really crappy in the sense that I wanted to work in sports. I knew that for a fact. My senior year um, of college, I was the sports host at TCU. So I knew I wanted to work in sports. But when I graduated, sports weren't a thing. Like the world was shut down. So I was like, well, how am I supposed to get an internship? Or how am I supposed to, you know, get with these sports teams and try to find a job? It was just very foreign. And um, somebody that I knew that graduated from TCU, he's also a big figure in the gambling space. He was creating a startup company for sports betting. And he had reached out to me and asked me, you know, do you want to be kind of our content person, our on-camera host? And I was like, I don't really know anything about sports betting. He's like, well, we can teach you, number one. And then I was kind of thinking, okay, what do you have to lose? You're moving back in with your parents. You're in the middle of a pandemic. Like, you might as well do this just to get your feet wet. Um, Did I think it was going to turn into what it has turned into now? Definitely not. But I took it on. I, you know, spent a lot of time researching, studying, figuring out what this thing called sports betting was because it's a very intimidating industry. Um, It's very male dominated, which most sports things are. Uh, But in this sense, not only, you know, women are kind of deemed less credible, especially what like in sports in general, let me put it this way. It's hard to be a woman in sports. It's really hard to be a woman in gambling because now you're messing with people's money and they have a reason to go after you or be mad at you or be frustrated with you. So My credibility was very important to me. I I spent a lot of time building that up. And I think it was around NBA season, like NBA props was where I was really thriving. And I was making TikTok dances. I was just like doing fun dances because it kept the dancing in my life. But I was also putting up my NBA props and they were hitting and people were like, whoa, like this is kind of, you know, this is fun. The old heads in the gambling space do not like me. And, And I've seen it. They've tweeted it before. I've heard it through the grapevine. They don't like the direction that the gambling space is headed towards, which is creative. It's social content. It's TikTok dances. It's 
it's what's working. I know they don't like it, but it's almost one of those things where it's like hop, hop on the train or it's leaving you at the station. This yeah. is where we're at in our world. So you either just deal with it or you just sit and be mad about it. And so, you know, I, I think the, the older generation of sports gambling people didn't really love that these younger people were coming in and kind of changing what it was about, bringing some fun, bringing some entertainment to it. You know, for so many years, it's been numbers and this and that. And it's Everybody's so on these, right? Right. I mean, that's where it's at right now. So that's kind of what I tried to capitalize off of was two things. I said, you're going to be, you're going to be entertaining and educational. So they've got to learn something from you so you can continue to build that credibility, but you also have to be entertaining. Otherwise, what's the point? So I had, I had been working with this startup, just posting stuff, you know, and you're not, you're not ugly either, by the way. Well, thank you. <laughs> I guess that does help, <laughs> but I was just literally posting my videos like TikTok, Twitter was obviously there's a large space on Twitter for gambling content. And so I was posting, posting it there and eventually FanDuel saw my stuff. They gave me a call. I'm sitting there going, they're like, oh, do you have an agent we can talk to? I'm like, an agent? What are you talking about? I'm I'm, I'm sitting in Highlands Ranch, Colorado, filming in my ba my parents' bathroom. What do you mean an agent? And so, you know, eventually that was something that I needed because I had people wanting to work with me and do different things. And so I get a call from uh, Colin Coward, actually. And he's like, hey, we've been watching your stuff for a while now and we love it. And we think that you can bring, you know, a different element to the gambling space that doesn't exist. And we want to, you know, work with you and the rest is history. This is where we're at now. I'm here, I'm working. And, um, again, I rarely ever say no to an opportunity it, unless it just truly does not work in my life. I don't say no to it. Um, I keep myself pretty busy. That's how you stay out of trouble at 24. You just stay busy, focus on work, keep your head down. So that's where we're at. And we're just, yeah. Kudos to you. I mean, a lot of a lot of women don't have the 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 balls, so to speak, to do it because they're it's like they're, they're like you said. And I say I got shirts made, girl. Haters are our biggest fans. Love them, right, truly, Love them, right? Love them. So I I, I appreciate you and, and and kudos to you for doing it because at the end of the day, you got to work harder than us at this deal. You got to go make sure you're never wrong. Almost like yep. I, I, I'm gonna go do this due diligence so I'm never wrong. So these cats can't come out and blast me on Twitter That's like right. they love doing the cowards that they are. So yep. I, I commend you on all those things. And I, and I've been following that on, um, on all your stuff. So it's, it's great. Colin Thank Coward you, does that. He's got the huge platform. That's only, uh, beneficial for you. And, and totally. I, I know you're, you're killing it, man. So that's, a, that's, that's great. So you TCU horn yep. frog. I picked KU this year to win seven games. I bet some folks, I believe they're going to win more than that now. Oh yeah. Uh, they look great. Yeah, I don't know. If the quarterback don't get hurt, it's maybe a different game. TCU's loaded. Uh, Sonny's done a hell of a job. I know Sonny well. I've sent a lot of kids to him over the years. Um, them in Oklahoma State this week, who you got? <sighs> this is by far going to be TCU's toughest game that they have played. And I, the only thing I'm really stressing about with this TCU team right now is their defense. Their defense is not where it needs to be. So – I, I do I do kind of lean that OSU is going to take this game because I think defense matters a lot. And and TCU has the offensive weapons. I mean, my God, their offense looks explosive right now. But defense is so important. I think it's going to be a very high-scoring affair. I think both teams are going to be putting points on the board like crazy. Um, ugh, but I, that defense is lacking a little for me. So I'm I'm – I'm going to lean OSU here mostly so I don't hurt my own feelings. But, um, you know, that's one of those things. It's like, hey, bet against your team. So then when they win, you're like pleasantly surprised and you're not mad that you lost money. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to bet OSU 
And then if TCU surprises me, then I'll just be in a great mood. And I'm actually going to Fort Worth um, the following weekend for homecoming when we play Kansas State. So hopefully we can keep winning and looking great. I mean, it's Shoot been for the stars land on the moon, girl. They're, they're, you guys have a shot. I, I said the KU TCU winner has a shot to really win the big 12. I was going to put three grand on KU to say, screw it. They're plus 3000 to win the big 12. I'm like, shit, that's 30 grand. I mean, what kind of a world are we in where OU is at the bottom of the big 12 and the Jayhawks at one point were at the top? Like, it, it just show, I mean, the Big 12 has always been a powerhouse in terms of basketball and football was kind of interesting because it kind of for a while it was really just UT and OU. They were dominating the Big 12 and that was just kind of how it had always ran. And so it's really cool to see that it's kind of anybody's game right now. Um, I'm pretty nervous. How do you feel about the TCU Texas game that's in, in November? I don't know. You, you Ewers has looked really good. That's one of my best friends, the head coach Sark at Texas. So I, he's done a hell of a job, in my opinion. Um, I, I want to know this: if Ewers is the starter this year, Texas may have beat Alabama. They probably don't lose to Texas Tech, and they're looking at an undefeated number two or three spot right now. Do you do you see that, or do you think? Because Texas looks really good when he plays and really average when he doesn't. And the quarterbacks win games. I mean, I'm just telling you that as good as our quarterbacks are, as good as we go, look at Jalen Hurts and the Eagles right now. Uh, you couldn't say that last year. Right now, Jalen right. Hurts looks like a top five guy. Um, Jalen Hurts is a badass. Let's start there. I mean, my he's, God. He's he changed mechanics. I, I give him credit. I mean, he's changed some things. Unlike Lamar has, in my opinion, which is more of an athletically gifted freak, but he's yet to change his mechanics and throwing mechanics and certain things where Lamar could be unstoppable. Um, that's why I give credit to Jalen Hurts and the Eagles right now because I think uh, he's as good as they go. You you totally. you do NFL, you do NBA. Is your seasonal better, right? Yeah. Oh God, it feels like it never stops. I feel like my break is kind of that's those summer months where baseball is really in full swing. I'm not a baseball girl. I find baseball extraordinarily boring and I'm oh, not afraid it. to say it. It's, it. it is so dry to me and I get it like play. Everyone's like, but the playoffs, I'm like, okay, cool. But I'm not, if I haven't watched all season, I'm not going to turn the playoffs on and just like jump into it. So Baseball is not for me. Everybody I only knows watch it. the playoffs, but not the playoffs. I only watch the World Series if the Dodgers are in it. I'm from LA, girl. There you the go. Dodgers are in it. I watch the World Series. If not, I don't watch it. Well, and, and guess what? Uh, <clears throat> the Rockies are awful. So I'm definitely not paying attention to the Colorado side of baseball. I just, you know, I'm I'm not a baseball girl. So that's kind of the, those are my months to chill and breathe. It's like may to july but then you know kind of end of july you gotta start getting your nfl brain on and thinking about you know what's yeah. everybody looking like how's yeah. preseason gonna go so once the nfl starts i always joke with my family i'm like you won't see me until february and i tell my friends like once the nfl starts you you've lost your chance to see me on the weekends you really have so, so just you, it's gotta be hard because you because Damn, I mean, NBA now is year-round. So is almost football for you to understand who's playing, who's not, who's getting drafted. He's a guy I can pick. Yep. Now, in the DFS world and all this stuff, like, NBA starts in Halloween. Like, we're in the middle of football season. So, like – I know. It's, it's actually gross football? to me. NBA is my number one. I have always loved basketball. I'm just a basketball girl. I love it. I love it. But I got to tell you, the way that it's – the bubble kind of threw everything off a little bit and now it almost feels 
baseball or basketball is like exhausting to me a little bit. Like it, there's so many games a week. And like you said, with my job, it's not like I am a Broncos team reporter or a Nuggets team reporter. I have to know every team in order to bet. Well, I have to know every player, right. every team, their strengths, their weaknesses, Back their up. defense, their offense. It's a lot. And so when ba- I, when I go on Twitter and I'm already seeing like basketball tweets and I'm like, oh, my God, like I have to start kind of thinking yeah. about that. Because once the games start, you know, that's where people people who maybe started following me at the beginning are like, all right, where are those NBA props? Like, I'm ready to make some money. And I'm sitting here going, Jesus, like, I'm you got still- assistance? Do you have assistance? No, I do not. I might need to get about, Are you thinking about that and growing that and, and figuring that you, out? You know, it's so funny because I, I took a job with fan-controlled football, and that had me traveling <clears throat> to Atlanta every weekend for three months. Every single weekend I was in Atlanta. And so I asked them at the end of the year because I'm always trying to grow and get better. That's something about me. I, I will never think I'm perfect or even close to it. And so I asked them at the end of the season, I'm like, anything you want me to be better about? And they were like, answer your emails. And I was like, oh, I don't have time to answer my freaking Damn. emails. Yeah, no doubt. So it's just one of those things. I've definitely thought about, you know, just having someone to like, hey, this brand DM'd you and wants to work with you because those are the things I miss. And I never want to come across as I don't um, yeah. care about those things yeah, or I'm too yeah. good for those things. I just, I also value my mental health immensely. And if I don't value it, I will go down a rabbit hole. I've been there before in college and I don't want to go back. So I really try to give myself like I last season, NFL season, I didn't give myself a single day off, not one. And this season I've been really good about like, okay, Wednesday, you're doing nothing, no makeup, no phone. You're putting it away. You're just, you're just letting yourself be a 24 year old girl, <laughs> which oh, no. is hard. Um, cause I love to work. Like when work doesn't feel like work, it is really hard for me to put it down really okay. hard. So, so, um, so NBA starts here this month. Um, I'm a Laker guy, obviously I hate the roster, but anyway, uh, do you, <laughs> so you're going to be focused 90% football still because it started first, or are you balancing these two things now and getting with the NBA and all your picks and everything out there because you're obligated to, or are you just, that's your grind? Yeah. I mean, it's so funny. Cause um, I think the volume definitely cares more about the NFL while it's in the heat of it. And I, again, I, 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 I agree, you know, it's like, I, I get it basketball starting, but we're like in the thick of, the football season when teams are really starting to figure it out and you know you're starting to kind of figure out which teams are going to come out of their divisions and and so I yeah I will definitely continue to prioritize football but a you know a night like Tuesday or Wednesday when there's no football yeah. on and there's yeah. basketball games in the evening absolutely I'll say hey I took a look at these games and this is what I like and whatever but Monday Thursday Sunday it's football and it's probably only football and that's just how it's going to be. Um, cause it's just, it's a lot to juggle both sports, uh, all the teams. Um, it's a lot. And NBA kind of takes a minute for you to figure out what do these rookies look like? The NBA is so much different than football in the sense that there are so many trades happening. It's a, it feels like a whole new roster every single year. So there's a lot to study and learn and get familiar with for the NBA. So I'll need a couple weeks to do that before I really jump into like giving bets and things like that. So it'll take some time, but we'll get there. All right. So look, I know you're busy. I appreciate you coming on. Uh, you can't, I can't express it enough. Let me ask you, give me your can't miss college and can't miss pro. Give me one game of each. 
Can't miss. College football game this weekend. Pro football game this weekend. Uh, do you have any ideas? <clears throat> Let me pull up my little. Uh, I'll give you mine little... while you're doing that. I'm gonna go. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna go this weekend. I got, college football is, is here, obviously uh, already. I mean, remember they start to play on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursday. Like the MAC it's plays quick. every day. Yeah. It seems like. uh, I was like, God damn. Um, does the MAC play every day in the week? Um, Penn State, Michigan is a big game on the slate. Uh, it's at the big house. Michigan um, kind of struggled the last time they played a ranked opponent in Maryland and almost lost. They're seven-point favorites. Um, that is an interesting one. Is Iowa State an upset alert team to beat Texas because they do play defense? Um, and Tennessee, Alabama. I don't know if that's a bettable game for me. I just... Alabama's not the same Alabama. I don't know about Bryce Young. And Tennessee, to me, is still a team that I'm suspect on. Um, so I don't know. I, I think the, the pick of the week, though, for me, I'm going to take the undefeated Syracuse Orangemen to beat NC State, who's also 5-1 and one and ranked ahead of Syracuse. Okay. I like it. I love, a, I love a good, like, undefeated. You got to keep the good streak, keep the momentum going. I love that. In terms of college for me, I, I kind of like the Jayhawks plus seven against um, Oklahoma. I, I get it, the the kind of quarterback situation for the Jayhawks, but the backup came in and did just fine, in my opinion. Oh. He looked oh. excellent. So I don't really – Oklahoma has not done anything to impress me this season, and I think the backup QB – for the Jayhawks is good enough to keep them in this game. So I got to go Kansas plus seven. All right. Let me ask you a little big. Um, I, I, I did a segment yesterday. I think college football is so soft now. Uh, I'm sorry, mm -hmm. but it is so soft. I think football is so soft period. I was going to say NFL is kind of headed that way too. It's annoying. I, I think the world's soft, but that's a whole nother ball game. So <laughs> let me say this though. I believe that there's been certain games this year because of how we are now, as far as transfer portal, NIL kids looking to bounce so fast now and how hard it is to keep your roster constructed and your locker room tight. Um, I believe teams lose twice in a row to the same team. So I believe KU is a well-coached oil machine right now with the leaphole, and I don't believe they're going to allow TCU to beat them twice. The Oregon State allowed USC to beat them twice. Oregon State got beat by SC. The next week, they don't show up for Utah and get blasted. Right. Uh, we have seen it all over the landscape. Texas A&M beat Arkansas twice. Um, Arkansas is going down to score a touchdown to win it. Fumble, 99-yard return, and they're depleted. It's over. Um, there's been so many of those. Yeah, I hear echo, too. I don't know why. Um, we There's so many of those situations. Do you think KU bounces back and can avoid that, or do you think that that could be a situation? I think I, I think they bounce back. I really do. Because honest to God, <laughs> that that game against TCU, I didn't feel comfortable with with the win until it was literally zero 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 zero. I mean, right. it, it was it, it was just as much Kansas's game as it was TCU's. I mean, and you could argue there were a couple missed calls there at the end right. that people were pretty mad about, and and so and and I honestly. I didn't really think that the Jayhawks touchdown was a touchdown. And then you turn around and TCU gets possession and now there's two missed, you know, flags, whatever penalties. So it was, again, I'm not saying TCU didn't deserve to win. I'm not saying they didn't rightfully win, but 
there are people out there that would say the refs handed TCU that game in the very end. So that being said, I'm not sure that there's much that the Jayhawks really have to change or fix. I think it's just go do what you did again. Um, Cause OU is way less talented than TCU right, right now. So um, I agree. Yeah. All right, back, see, hey, you. I got you. All right. I hear it. All right. NFL. <sighs> I've got a hot take this week. Oh shit. All right. I, I think, I think the Cowboys are going to toss the Eagles their first L this season. Really? And here's and let me let me just explain the world of betting and football and all these things. I think a lot of people underestimate divisional matchups. If you look at if you bet on football just simply looking at rosters and talent, you're going to lose a lot of money. Because it doesn't always work out that way. Look at how many games you've gone, what the hell? Like where did that even come from? So to me, I think we could see Dak playing in this game. There's been whispers about him coming back, um, which my opinion is don't pull Cooper Rush out. Why? If it's not broke, don't fix it. He's doing what he needs to do. And I'm sorry, Cowboys fans want to put me in a chokehold every time I talk about Cooper Rush over Dak Prescott, but he's the the Cowboys are 4-0 and with Rush starting. Why are we hurrying to get him out of there? I don't Besides know. the point, that's a whole other conversation for a different day, but – I could see an upset by the Cowboys to the Eagles. It just it's kind of screaming one of those games where the divisional rivalry, if if Dak does come back, he's going to have a lot to prove. I mean, Cooper Rush has not only stepped into your shoes, but he's done excellent. Um so yeah, I I like that and then what's the other game I was looking at? Um Where are you at with uh are you staying away from the Bills Chiefs? Oh Jesus. I feel like I I need to. Yeah. I mean that's a that's a tough one. I <laughs> I would lean Bills. But I mean Patrick Mahomes is he's nuts. And I I've never really been a huge Patrick Mahomes fan, not because I don't like Patrick, but because I don't like his obnoxious fiance slash wife and brother. Oh, who are um you who are you telling? Holy Oh shit. my god, they're annoying as hell. I'm glad um, we haven't seen him this year though. I know they've been very quiet. I'm wondering if they had a talk, if they, you know, I'm pretty sure he had a talk with them and said, shut the hell up. Um, right. Right. Let me ask you this. Your Broncos and chargers, AFC West showdown. I Russell's, is he out? Do you know what's going on with that? I didn't even know the dude was injured. Yeah, I, it makes I, sense though. It makes sense. Why he's fat. He's out of shape. <laughs> like he, he looks like, fuck, like, like it looks so bad girl. Like, Sierra just like screw it, get fat. I'm gonna cook you some chicken every night. Chill. That's how he looks to me. He looks like one of my out of shape ass QBs that came into camp late as hell. I'm like, what the hell? He oh, looks horrible. So bad. And it's the so play calling is atrocious. The, the the management of the team is atrocious. Uh, I, I don't know, man. People get jobs that that just because you coach Aaron Rodgers, they think you can be the head coach, and you look like a fish out of water right now. Um, yeah, I can't. I, I I probably won't be betting on a Broncos game at all the rest of the year. Honest to God, I mean, it's one of those things where uh, emotionally, and I, first of all, shout out to our defense because they are carrying good. this yeah. team, and our defense looks excellent. That um, that being said, because I'm the defense side of the Broncos is the only side I really trust. I would maybe look at taking like the chargers team total under. Um, I would look at a bet like that before yeah, I bet yeah. on the actual game. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, There's not a lot of good games on the slate. There like, isn't. The no, Ravens there isn't. Giants are a good game, I guess. That's an intriguing one. 
So I took the Giants over seven and a half wins this year for plus 125. Everyone at the beginning, yeah, everyone at the beginning was like, you know nothing about football. What are you talking about? This is the Giants. And here we are. It might be a playoff team. I'm just telling you. I'm, I'm liking what comeback player of the year, by the way. So I'm really liking what they're doing right now. So oh God, I would, yeah, I would probably say the giant, if they're playing at home giants plus five and a half, I don't hate that at all. I, I don't either. I don't, either. I really don't hate that. So, either. but yeah, uh, this slate's kind of ugly. Yeah, it is. It's all over Cardinal Seahawks, another divisional rival. Uh, you got Cowboys, Eagles, divisional rival Broncos, Chargers, divisional rival. Bills Chiefs, just AFC rivalry. Well, it's not really a rivalry. I think Allen has to beat Mahomes in the playoffs for it to become a rivalry. Um, I'm actually going to go ahead and say an underdog I like to win outright would be the Seahawks at home against the Cardinals. I actually, I actually think the Seahawks. I got a hot take. Okay. The Rams are struggling mildly. All right. They have to go. They're going to play a home game, but they're playing a home team, a game versus an interim head coach in Carolina. Baker's out. Baker's out. I don't even know who's in. I don't even think Sam Darnold's back. I'm willing to put up my word on the line, my reputation, that they will cover 11 versus the Rams with a different quarterback, and they will play better than they did with Baker Mayfield. And I think I they cover it. 11. I think they cover 11. I love it. Listen, if you follow me on Twitter or Instagram or really any platform, you know that I am a huge not Baker Mayfield fan. Yeah. I think he is well, not only not not doing what he needs. Here's a problem. Here's Let me just rant for three seconds. Baker Mayfield stands everywhere. Last year, we're finding any excuse to excuse his horrible playing. It was, oh, he's he's fighting through injury. Our oh, warrior, wow. shout out Baker. Oh, the culture of the Browns is bad. Okay, bet. So we're going to put him in a completely new culture, and he'll have a healthy start to his season. Newsflash, he still has the worst QB rating in the league. So there's no more excuses. He's no just not doing his job. And um, he has a really crappy attitude. I cannot oh. stand – like the way that he speaks to reporters about the team, about himself – Dude, you're not good enough to be that cocky. I, I hate to I hate to break it to you, but you're just not. So I don't like Baker Mayfield. I think he's bad at football. I think he has a bad attitude. I think he peaked in college, and that's all I have on that. So I love that take because I would love for this Panthers team to thrive uh, under anyone but Baker Mayfield. So, girl, if you follow me, girl, I blast him, Carson Wentz, you name I it. I get him. Hey, short, fast, skinny, and tall. I go after all. All <laughs> I don't care. I don't care about. They're horrible. Carson Wentz and Baker Mayfield are two most overrated quarterbacks in the last twenty-five years. But that's a whole other ball game. But I, how do you feel? How do you feel about Carson Wentz, coach? Because here's the thing: I agree that the quarterback position is where they're lacking right now. But do you really say that out loud? Do you really say that in front of these reports? Like. You still have to keep the dynamic of your team whole, and that to me that kind of puts a little bit of a jab in it. I don't, I don't know. You, you have done the coaching thing, so you, you get it. I just wanted to know your take on that. You talking about Rivera's comments yesterday about the whole deal? Yeah, I I just saw that yesterday. You know what? That is where you say, "Screw you, organization. Screw you, Daniel Snyder. Screw you for all this crap that's going on in this place right now that I'm coaching that I did not know I was getting myself into." Mm-hmm. And 
fire me or let me go. That is when you do that. And I've seen it a lot, a lot of places. I've seen a lot of guys when they just come out and say, I'm going to be professional on the outside, but I'm really going to say, fire me by what I say. I'm going to look good, look professional. I'm going to sound right. I'm not going to cuss you out. I'm not going to, but I'm going to say some shit that you're going to be like, what the hell did he say? And I kind of had to do a double take. I was like, did he really just say that? Yeah. <laughs> he did. Because I think he, I think he knows Wentz is horrible. Um, this is the truth that I do know. And I was going to ask Michael Lombardi this. I do know for a fact, I know Ron a little bit. I know a lot of coaches on that staff. They wanted Jimmy G bad and they offered a lot to get him. And when they didn't get him, Carson Wentz was the only guy they could get some return on. And he did not want Carson at all. He did not want Carson at all. And, and it's, it's crazy how, you know, people get, I think people get feelings mixed up with business and in the NFL, it's a business. And yeah, I believe that true. as soft as we are now in society, I think everyone comes out and goes, Oh, he's, he's too hard on the kid and the guy. But this is not a kid anymore. He's a grown man and he makes millions of dollars and you <laughs> overpaid this dude. And True. there's no more feeling sorry. This is a results-oriented business, Liv. Like, we got to either get results or we don't. I mean, it's like any nine to five. You don't do your job, you're getting fired. That's it, point blank, period. And so I think when these athletes are making millions of dollars and we're seeing them live this luxury lifestyle, this lavish lifestyle, like if you show up on a Sunday and you're – not you're continuously not doing your job like baker mayfield needs to be gone stick to the commercials oh, i don't know what to tell you because yeah, exactly. the football thing is not working i agree I he's horrible and i mean obviously as a broncos fan I, I i could say the same about wilson i'm just not ready to say it out of my mouth yet i'm but gonna see he's got a reputation he's got 10 years of one totally. of the winningest quarterbacks ever to play he's won a super bowl been to two totally. arguably a play call cost him a second one so like you could obviously argue he's top Top, he's a 99 percentile guy. He's won a Super Bowl in the NFL, and he could have won two. And so, You're like, right. I have, I'm way more comfortable in him going to Denver and and, and me saying I think he has, he can have an MVP type of year because he's an MVP caliber guy, talent wise. He needs to stop eating those dangerous Subway sandwiches. He needs uh, to quit with the Let's Ride. Nobody's riding anymore. We've hopped off the train. We're off of it, and we just need you to figure it out. He's, he's a cornball. He's a cornball. And listen, weirdo fuck. He's all, a all I got to say is he's a to bag a woman like Sierra with the most swag yeah. out of any woman, I think, to like be on this planet, being a cornball like that. What's the secret sauce? Because it's not the math is not mathing to me at all. Liv, you know, I don't know. I don't know anymore. But back in the day, girls, you know, older girls, women. They were like, you know, he's sweet. He takes care of my baby. I got, what is he? he got, she already got what? Future's kid, right? Or whatever. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. How do you go from future kid. to Russ? <laughs> right. That's what I'm saying. So like you got, you got, you know, he's taking care of her. He's good. Oh he's not going to cheat on me. What? I mean, is that a mindset a woman has? I don't know. I, I, I know, think that might it, be an older one, maybe. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, honestly, I, I love a goofball. I love that, you, you know, if you can be goofy and have fun and he, he really, Russ is, seems like a great guy. He seems like he's got a good head on his shoulders and, and you know, he really, but he's just a little weird and that's, he's you know, yeah, he's, he's an oddball. And, but you and, know what, at the end of the day, he's still Russell Wilson. Like, correct. Like you're still Russell Wilson. So, so Sierra, like people can say all they want, but they're like, I'm still with a Super Bowl winning quarterback that makes 300, 400 million over my career. Like, so what, I mean, you know, people can say what they want, but totally. 
I agree. And I can't thank you enough. Make sure you follow Live Moods on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Um, she's giving you the best things going, all the all the best bets. Um, and 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 stay tuned. We, we're going to check our bets after this week, as you say. Make sure you guys pound the like button. Follow Live. Liv, I can't thank you enough for coming on this morning. We got to do it again. And uh, oh yes, I would love to do this again. This has been awesome, and we'll we'll shoot the shit, talk football. I don't know if you're into the NBA, but I am. I, can, I I've won a few. I won a few dollars on FanDuel and DraftKings okay. and stuff. So I'll I'll, I'll I'll leave with this. My my, it's not really a hot take, but I did sprinkle on the Clippers to win it all last night. That's that's a bet. I don't know why I like. It. I know you're. I know. I forgot you're a Lakers fan. I should have. I should have helped. It's not even a Lakers fan thing. Me and Marcellus Wiley, good friend of mine. I had him on last Friday, and uh, just at his house. He's a great dude. He's a Clipper fanatic, and we always go at it, talk shit. But we grew up together. The Lakers are the J. I mean, the Clippers are the JV team, girl. That's just like the Chargers and the Padres. They're our JV team. Like, get them wow. out of LA. We don't need you. <laughs> well, I hate to break the news to you, but they did better than the Lakers last season. No, they didn't. You know why? Because they still didn't win shit. <laughs> I mean, it could hey, be I'm just saying. There's no Lakers in the Staples. I could be wrong. That's that's my spring. I just sprinkled. It was only a sprinkle. That's who I like. I think a healthy hey, they, they, the, the crowd saying you eye rolled me. Come on, girl. The Clippers <sighs> are JV. I, you know, you might be right. I just it was a sprinkle. I couldn't help hey, myself. You gotta, you gotta. Hey, shit. You gotta shoot for the stars, land on the moon, man. That's hey, right. That's hey, right. If they win it. You, you heard it here first, everybody. So make sure you follow her. We gotta do it again. And I, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna hit you up. I'm gonna tell you something. I could help you with. Awesome. You guys right, rock. Thanks you. for thanks for hanging and thanks for having me. Thank you so much. Bye. Much love to live. Michael Lombardi and Matt McChesney for joining us this morning. Getting your day started right here on the Wake Up Show. Make sure you follow Fight Camp slash Coach JB. And make sure you're on ro.co slash Coach JB. Roman, go get you some. Um I appreciate everybody uh, hitting that like button, subscribe, become a member. If you haven't become a member, become one. We will be members only soon. The best dollar 99 you can spend. CoachJBStore.com got all the fly gear. And we will see you at 1 o'clock. We got Rich Orenberger, um, former NFL player uh, for a long, long time. He's got a big radio host in San Diego. And um, and don't miss today's show. It's going to be great. Nicole Arbor, if you don't know who that is, follow her on social media. She's a big-time talent comedian. Uh, does a lot of other things. And like I said, we've got a uh, action-packed uh, day today and week. So make sure you hit the like button, subscribe, become a member. Make sure you follow in Hector at StatLab uh, every day too. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, he does a show right after mine. Get all things betting. And uh, I will see you at 1 o'clock today uh, for the Coach JB Show. Appreciate you guys. Peace. Peace.